I'm sure there's a niche for like sexy sound guys. And it's just like, ooh man, look at him wrap that cable with no pants on. I guarantee you there's oh, man. <laughs> I guarantee you there is money that is just sitting there waiting to be scooped up by guys like us. Well, I don't even know what to say about that. I would be the centerfold. <laughs> we could shoot it here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we could do like a calendar, like audio guy calendar. Oh like the firefighters where we're each on like a page. I would have, I would have a, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. The ASP calendar. Uh, I would have like, like number two, five wire wrapped up around like <laughs> yeah. cam locks and then being in a thong and just going. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should totally that would do be this. Really bad. It would be me on my stomach, knees bent back, so my feet are just above my butt on some subwoofers. <laughs> like, which plugging in like an NL8. <laughs> yeah, no, which subwoofers would you like? Uh, the new ones. The new EAWs for sure. Yeah, someone's gonna soil them. No. <laughs> like, soil them. Just like yeah, an NL4 jumper in my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh we ought to grab one over there. It's right over there. Oh, oh man, I am so tempted right now. Whoa. <laughs> Not like that at all. Not like that, no. I just want to see what you look like with an NL4 cable in your mouth. God. Leave it up to the mind. It's the most powerful thing in the world. Oh, the mind man. is a terrible thing to get wasted. Well, welcome to episode number... <laughs> Season two, technically. Season two, technically. Here yeah. we are. We are filming this before we finish season one, but it'll be out. Shh, you don't need to know yeah, that. Yeah, you don't Come need to know that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Episode number XY-213. Yeah. Season one, episode Z-alpha-3. We have left the Dewey Decimal System way behind. It's a running joke. Oh, we, okay. we don't know what the Dewey Decimal System actually does. Oh, really? Uh, we didn't pay attention in school. Oh, I mean, I don't know. They didn't explain it to me in school. See, now, like these old, old people like I know it has me. something to do with organization. We well, that's what we used to have in uh, in school. They had a card catalog. Do you know what a card catalog yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. So the Dewey Decimal System was the, the card catalog was all these drawers and had all these little three by five cards in there. And the De Dewey Decimal System was they would have a number mm -hmm. and a dot. And it was like two hundred two dot one, and it would give you the name of the book and who wrote it and where it was located in the library. In the library, yeah. We That's should totally it. organize our episodes that way. No. Don't you have an old? Don't do that. <laughs> do you keep your <laughs> microphones. I keep my microphones in an old like card catalog cabinet. It's really cool looking. Oh, you do? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like an old vintage one. Oh, see, I need to do that. I, I, it's cool. Yeah, we we just got rid of our cheap piece of crap Tupperware plastic thing up in, <laughs> up in the mix room where we mm -hmm. keep all that, keep all our microphones. Mine are we in, traded out for an old metal file cabinet. Oh, nice. That's cool. <laughs> Mine's in built-in bookshelves that are in the room that I'm in. in the oh, really? House. Yeah. So, we should introduce our guest, our very first guest on the show. Hi, Bob. Hi, Hi. Bob. Bob and Adam with Phoenix. And the, <laughs> it works with Bob and Adam with Phoenix. Bob yeah. and Adam on a pod with Phoenix. <laughs> on a pod. <laughs> on a pod. <laughs> on a pod. Doing casting some pod, bro. Well, so for with those my who. Boss, bro. For those who don't know, this is Bob Renali of All Sound Pro here in Pennsylvania, the premier place to get your, uh, your sound needs met. And Plug. other needs. <laughs> and other needs, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, those are those are extra. That's uh, patreon.com. That's patreon.com. Yeah, that's a gag reel that we saw right before this. Gag reel. Use an email that uh, you don't want people to know your name. 
Do you have a dedicated like junk email? Oh, yeah. Where you're just like yeah. this, what whoever it is is just gonna spam the shit. Out yeah, of me? All, yeah right. all my porn subscriptions, all that. Cool. All that junk email. It's so. a Yahoo address, of course. Oh, smart. Or and yeah. a Hotmail. I forgot about Hotmail. Yeah, no, I still use that. There are still people that use Hotmail. Yeah, I think both my folks are still Hotmail users. Hey, there we go. <laughs> They're forgetting a lot of weird stuff on there, I bet. <laughs> I don't know. Can't get into their email. Hi, Mel. Hi, Joe. <laughs> All righty. Talking sound today. Talking? As we are actually every episode. Sure. Really, yeah, I think part. we're all. I think so, uh, we kind of wanted to start off. I know we've got a, a lot of lot of specific questions, but I think we just kind of wanted to start off getting to know you a little bit for the people that don't know you. Um, well, I have problems knowing myself. That's why I'm in this position. <laughs> That's why I became a sound guy. <laughs> but uh, so I'd like to just kind of start off getting a good background on you. So the first thing I think, you know, the basis for our podcast here is is sound, but mm-hmm. mainly music, you know, really everything about music. So, you know, what are some of your first memories? How did you really get into music and discovering that you wanted that to be a big part of your life? Well, uh, both my parents were musicians. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad was a drummer in the Navy jazz band. Uh, and my mom was a general music teacher and, uh, I first started taking, well, and my dad owned a music store, uh, in the Philadelphia area. Oh, okay. Um, he started that in 1958, something like that, I think. Uh, and, uh, and then I came along 10 years later. Uh, he met my mom at, a. they were playing, uh, a, um, a musical together and my mom carried his hi-hat stand <laughs> that's kids that's what they're calling it these days i carried my dad's hi-hat <laughs> stand. <laughs> so so i guess they fell in love and here i come that's gonna uh, be my like, pickup line know. from now on. hey baby can i carry your hi-hat <laughs> right, stand yeah, right. <laughs> i'll let you guys know how that goes <laughs> we'll check back well it ended up with me uh, hey, uh, apparently it worked <laughs> Not too well, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, he had a music store, and she was a, a music teacher in the Philadelphia uh, area. So uh, I started taking piano when I was six years old. So music is like always from the from the get go was oh, just yeah. you were surrounded by it. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course here comes the school band, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, dad, I want to play drums. <laughs> and he said, no, he, that, exactly. <laughs> Actually, my dad was, he was in the Navy jazz band. So he, yes, he did swear like a sailor. Oh. <laughs> so his exact quote was, was fuck, fuck no. no. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so funny. I, you know, my parents have always been super supportive of me playing. So like when we still lived, when I lived at the house and then like mm. um, my guitar player from my band would be there all the time. They didn't care, man. They loved it because they are musicians too. So yeah. they were just like play all night. We don't, we don't give a shit. You know, right. we, we, we love hearing it. But it's so funny because my drummer now comes over to the house all the time and he's constantly tuning his drums. And the other morning in the kitchen, he, we, we had an early day that we were starting, and me and Matt are standing in the kitchen, you know, and, and Andy's down there banging on the drums. I'm like, that's it. My kid is like, never playing drums. Screw like, this. This bro, is awful. Enough. It yeah. is 8 a.m. I'm trying to make coffee. You know what I'm hearing? Bing, 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 bing. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> My parents, yes, were, but Andy's drum tones. Oh yeah, no, I mean he themselves. dials them in. He dials them in, but. <laughs> oh my! So so he said, you know, oh hell no, that's not happening. Um, and uh, so I said, well, I really want to play guitar. And my dad came out of the 
you know, the forties and fifties where those da- those damn rock and roll hippies, you know. <laughs> he used to call them hippie dippies. That Elvis Presley. You know? No and, good. And Shaking over, his hips. Well he was my dad was over in Japan playing jazz. Yeah. Right. When rock and roll hit. Oh wow! And so, so of course he missed the whole ship, and he thought it was a you know. So he came back to America, was like, "What like, the hell is going that? on yeah, here?" He's like, "Oh, this is terrible," you know. And the commies uh, have taken over, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is how they're gonna get us. It's that rock that, and roll. Rock and roll. Pick one or the other. You're either rock and roll. <laughs> or if anybody that's seen this, who actually knew my dad, he was in. The fucking goddamn hippies, hippie dippy, and, and then he'd grab his crotch and like a total Italian thing, you know. This is a total like, you know, fucking, these fucking hippie dippies they play the guitars. You know, they, they they mark up the shit on the wall, you know. They, 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 they finger up my guitars, and I paid money for those. It's yeah, like, dude, you don't understand. That's what. The music store does, yeah. you know, and then he would get pissed off because like, oh, well, you know, they can do that because they're so-and-so uh, like, like uh, uh, it used to be a uh, medley music over in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Well, they, they can do that because they're medley and they were huge or they can do that because they're chucks. Yeah. And, and when I came into the business, I was like, why can't we say we can do that because we're noteworthy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or, or, and now I say we can do that because we're ASB. Yeah. You know, and other people have said, well, they're ASP. They can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, that's, that's like bucket list. Yeah. Shit How the right tables there. have turned. You know? Yeah. It's like so bucket list stuff. The hippies have won. The hippies have won, man. The hippies have won. So, uh, so yeah. So then they're like, no, you're playing the clarinet. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to play the clarinet. <laughs> no, you're going to play the clarinet. No, I don't want it because they love the Lawrence Welk show. And there was that one guy, Henry Queston. Now, Henry Quest is amazing clarinetist. And, and, and Lawrence Welk was an amazing arranger. And, and even when I'm producing stuff, I even, I, you, you know, when you're a producer uh, you know, of music, mm-hmm. you reach back into the annals of your brain and you're like, yeah. Okay. That would sound really cool right here. Yeah. Why don't we do something along those lines? And you know, mm. so but Henry Cuesta was a t- t- Italian, big nose, big glasses, greasy hair. You know, just looked like he was always had a nose cold. You know, <laughs> snot, playing his clarinet. You know, playing the polkas. Yeah, which is what. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to okay. be that. I don't want to be that. But okay, I'll be that for you. <laughs> Turns out I was really, really, really good at it. Hey, I, I was super. We should have you pull the clarinet out. I know. I, <laughs> it, it, it's to the point. You know when when it's kind of like Les Claypool, where it's now it's all a joke. Mm-hmm. You become that good that it's mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah, that's how I got with the clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to end up going to Peabody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. They were grooming me to be a concert clarinetist, and and finally by the time I was, you know, so I you know practiced it. I districts, regional, state band this conservatory that conservatory this that and the other thing and i started learning how to play other instruments you know they, they, if you're a good clarinet player you have to learn how to double which is saxophone flute oboe mm-hmm. piccolo all that stuff you had to learn how to play so i learned it all and um and so after that so here comes my senior year in high school and i'm done you I'm just burnt burnt, out yeah burnt out you know, and I see all my friends. I see other people who I really respected, uh, who were friends of mine only a couple of years later, and they were the cool kids. They knew how to rock out. I want to rock out. So when I was 15, I started, you know, in fact, I was playing with a mutual friend of ours, 
uh, who I grew up with, um, Jackson's dad. <laughs> oh. John, drummer John, of the John, the drummer Dolly. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Dolly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so we had... Shout out, we, Dolly. We formed, we formed a band together, so mm-hmm. it was me and my brother and John, another guy uh, named Tom Horn, and, and we had a our little band called The Mechanism. We did the mechanism. I tons, like that. Of, tons of Zeppelin covers. We just played a lot yeah. of covers, but it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know? So this is when you were about like 15? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I 15 is when I started kind of just learning the guitar a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it really started happening when we were 16, 17 years yeah. old. I also had another band uh, that was the bunch of the neighborhood kids on our block, and um, we wrote a lot of very unsavory songs, <laughs> 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 which turned out to be some of the greatest hits on this side of the 80s. Uh, <laughs> little do you know. Little do you know. I am a rock star, but... Uh, uh, so yeah, that was, so we, and then just from playing around, um, I never did go to the conservatory. Mm-hmm. I never did go to Peabody. I was so burned out. Yeah. Like tons. How I did could, that go with your dad? I, did you have he, the, was there like a formal conversation about it? That it was no, like, he yeah. knew, he, he knew. Yeah. I, I, there, there wasn't a conversation because at that point I was just so tired. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I refuse to do this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm going to, you know, why can't everybody, why do I have to practice an hour on Thanksgiving day mm-hmm. or on Christmas Eve or on, you know, why am I the one that's saddled when nobody else, when everybody else can get a day off, why do I have to not? It's get, such a different level of, it, it, of musicianship, yeah. Yeah. The, the classically trained, that kind of stuff. You know, like I, I dabbled in it just, you know, for college mm-hmm. when I went a couple semesters. And I mean, that was that was just community college level. And even then I was like, yeah. wow, this is a... It's overwhelming. I, I, think, I think that every musician should at least dabble into it just to get that perspective. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think there is there is a balance to be had. I mean, when you look at like a lot of like the greatest musicians, they dabble into that world a little bit, but then they have the rock and roll aspect of like, it should still be fun, man. It should yeah. still yeah, be like, there yeah. are no rules. It's music. It should just come from from here. Exactly. But having that 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 discipline, I think, is really important. Well, I think what... And, and here, it, don't get me wrong. I really don't have any regrets. I'm, mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually one of my questions. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. We're going to get to that. I, I, I have some regrets, <laughs> um, only because I was a real procrastinator as a kid, and yeah. my parents would say, you're not going to do this until you practice. Yeah. I'm like, and then I... I even went as far as to record, like, like a, I had a little tape recorder, and I would record one of my practices sessions. And then you play? And I would play it back. Oh, my and God. And then I had, we our window uh, to my bedroom. We were up on the second floor, but the fireplace was right there, and it had those steps that came down mm-hmm. from the fireplace. <laughs> and I snuck out the window, crawled down the set of the fireplace steps, or the fireplace side of the fireplace mm-hmm. while that was playing. Here's the problem: was my mom was not stupid. Uh, <laughs> Good in theory, poor in execution. <laughs> it was a really bad execution. In about 15 minutes, uh, the uh, I, I think the tape had flipped or something, and there's some something stupid on the other side. She's like, "That's not real." She's like, "Yeah, no, wait a minute, you know." <laughs> He's telling so stand-up busted, jokes yeah. now. So it sounds like so. I'm guessing with your dad having the music store, did he have someone like? Like audio recording equipment and stuff nope. like no okay no nope uh, at the at all my dad knew was he was an instrument repairman okay that's all he knew and as far as when we moved from Philadelphia to Gettysburg the only thing that he knew was or that we had in our store was about five guitars 
a pair of band shoes in the window mm-hmm. and my dad's repair shop. Oh, okay. And some guitar strings and some accessories. Right. But, yeah. But it was never a guitar shop. It okay. Was so it was mainly a repair shop. Yeah, it was okay. mainly a repair shop. Okay. And, and where he did, he was really into heavy into the school music mm-hmm. and school instrumental program. Yeah. So that's what he knew. That's what he loved. Um, and so I got, was really into that, obviously. Uh, because then when I took over the shop, uh, well, actually when I went to school, I went to school for instrument repair. Oh, okay. What school did you go to for that? I went to uh, Western Iowa tech. Okay. And I, that's what I have my associate's degree in. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I have a degree. So then you took over, so you took over the instrument repair. So, So then I went to work for music and arts down at DC for six years. Oh. And that is where I learned how to play in bands. And that's when I started playing out. So here I am in the bars. I moved out when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was playing in bars by the time I was 19 and playing three, four nights a week, plus trying to hold a 40-hour-a-week job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were doing <laughs> it for real. I was yeah. coming in bleary-eyed. About, yeah. Yeah, so, so we would play. Uh, usually we played um, Tuesday nights. Uh, we played Wednesdays, and then Thursday was off, and then we played out Friday and Saturdays. And that was our general thing. Uh, there were some nights where I played seven seven nights a week. I was playing like fifty hours a week out. Damn. But I mean, we practiced when our practice schedule was was uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four hours mm-hmm. every night, yeah. and then we would go play gigs Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So I got a lot of playtime, and I got a lot of bar experience what people do what you do in bars and, <laughs> and then just you know playing out in, in certain like mm-hmm. like we got to play the bayou we got to play all sorts of really cool places in dc you know some of these legendary places and here's like stupid little me you know <laughs> i'm not even 21 yet how different I mean, so you know you're you're a part of the scene doing sound now for all these local shows and all this stuff like that how different is it than when when you were doing it back oh in the day gosh. as a musician oh my gosh so I come at it from, from I started getting the sound because I, I wanted to, I wanted to come at it from a musician's perspective, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I want to do this as like, I'm a musician. What do I want to hear? Yeah, yeah. I could never hear myself. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly, and and back then you got to understand in 1988, you know. PA wasn't like it's not like what it is now. I mean, yeah, not at all. You know, uh, if you had enough electric to just run one amplifier, you were lucky. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's nothing like what it what it is now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm asking the sound guy, I, I can't hear myself, and he's turning it up. It's going everywhere yeah. because you could only afford one monitor mix. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like a digital console now where you, you have can... six, sixteen outs and it's as big as this table here you know yeah. it's just it's just not just a whole other yeah. experience it's a whole now. other thing i mean 16 channels if any if a 16 channel console was like that yeah and it weighed mm. 100 pounds <laughs> and if you were lucky it had a spring reverb inside of it it actually had the, <laughs> real spoils the real spring reverb in it so you know? how did you start getting interested so you're out you're out gigging you're doing all this stuff you're working at at music and arts when did Point. when did the shift start happening for you where you were like man this audio stuff's really cool this is really cool so when i was playing out 
you know, I would always marvel at the at the production thing. I would always marvel at those big speakers. Those mm-hmm. big speakers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story, yeah. by the way. Adam and I have that story. Wow. <laughs> speakers. <laughs> Loading in eight subwoofers on an install, and the guy just goes, Wow. was this that church you guys this was that big Baltimore church yeah Yeah. that's awesome (laughs) wow those are big speakers (laughs) that's awesome so I love that I love people that like aren't a part of like the audio community at how much joy they get out of that you know like this guy you know Because he wasn't he wasn't from here, right? He wasn't there. They weren't they, they weren't born they here in America. Africa, Nigeria. Well, they were from all over. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Yeah, so they were from Nigeria, so like a, Chad. Oh wow. Um, I can't remember. There were like two or three. Yeah, there's like three different countries. There so areas that's probably not as common to see this type of equipment all the time, and so that just must have been yeah. great. Going to be like, whoa, oh, check yeah, this like, yeah. out, like. No, I it mean, was legit. Like his mind was legit blown. That's like, awesome, man. Yeah, it was really cool. That's so I mean, sick. we put a hell of a rig in that church too. Oh, I remember you like, telling me about I it. I thought I literally when 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 we finally were getting ready to commission it, commission the, the the rig, and I'm upstairs. I'm in the uh, and Adam is behind the drum kit because they got this brand new drum kit too. Oh yeah, it was a, like a Yamaha custom. It's a Yamaha recording oak custom. Yeah, oh was, my yeah. god, I know it was like Whoa. eight thousand yeah. yeah. dollars. They had like holy crap. They yeah. had the uh, SE Electronics like. V pack for the drums. Yeah, it's like, oh it's God. like, why would you do that? Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, so anyway, it was. So I'm like, the, okay, Adam, we should get into the church business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Adam, hit the kick, and he's like, Are you sure about? That? <laughs> you ready for this? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this. I was like, Do you want me to just like go? He's like, Just play how you normally would. I was like, Do you really want that? To <laughs> I said, Yes, I really want. You and to. this was like the second to last night that we were there. Like it was wrapping up. Yeah. Like it was for me, it was almost like it the, was a cathartic experience. The celebra- oh, yeah. Celebratory. Like Kick I didn't, I didn't have a champagne bottle to open. So I'm going to play so, their drum set. Yeah. Well, it's gotta like, be. I mean, it starts off. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And I bring that fader up and I'm one of the those, I'm one of those shoot. old sound guys. That's like, you don't just bring the fader up a little bit. You know, when you that just, kicked, you just, you, you bring know, it up. Then you'll I make mean, adjustments that, from there. Then you make it, <laughs> and I swear, that we were going to crack the foundation. Like, literally, we were going to crack the cement. It was like, whoa. Imagine okay. the best, like, church or cathedral snare verb you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And just but real but be in the room. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was, like, literally. I, I, I think I saw the sound wave. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. I, it was one of those weird... Well, yeah, because they had the drum kit in the corner of the stage, so that I had the like I was over subwoofers near a corner where the buildup is behind a plexiglass shield. Although we had cardioid subs in there, yeah, that's true. But they were, but the way we had to put them in, yeah, kind of got rid of the cardioid. <laughs> so it was almost like a weird. So, so I keep hitting my. It, it wasn't. Thing I, it, was, it was like a weird. Like if you could imagine. I could describe it as imagine a wide cardioid pattern, but mm-hmm. with the super or hyper cardioid like narrow power alley in the okay. back. It was strange. Yeah, it was really, really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, it was really. But that's how we had to install them. Yeah, because of the way they built. They built the building before they asked for the PA. Yeah, and and the way they built the PA and or the way they built the building and the way they wanted the PA to be hung mm. was physically impossible. You just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember you telling me about that. Like, yeah, they want something that we like just physically physics won't allow because yeah, we. Supposed yeah. to space them out. We yeah. were supposed to just do eight across the front. Yeah, and then they wanted them like under the steps. Or they it was figured out. Yeah, no, yeah. they wanted them hung. 
Oh, yeah. They wanted them hung originally. And there, the way they built that building, there was yeah. no possible way. We had to put them down on the yeah. But we put like, what, seven wide lines aside or something? There was seven aside. I yeah. got over my fear of heights that day. Because <laughs> someone needed to go up in the lift. And, and, yep. and God was there with you. Yeah, yeah he, was. he was. holding on to you, man. And he was saying, wow. <laughs> he was saying, wow. Hang those speakers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hung them anyway, on. I'm so, pretty sure that photo that... I don't know if you were there. Someone took a photo of Caleb and I like in the lift after we hung the last one. No, oh, you weren't there that I, I day. I wasn't there. But no, I'm pretty sure that ended here. up in a QSC pamphlet somewhere because it wasn't, wasn't it the largest permanent install with QSC stuff on the East Coast at the time something or something like, like that? that. Yeah, oh, we had, wow. Yeah. I, and, okay, so there's, here's a bucket list item. Okay, so actually what happened was one of my bucket lists now, dad has been, dad passed in uh, 95. Mm. But he always used to say, well, they can do that because they're Chucks. Mm -hmm. So Chucks was one of the biggest QSC dealers in America. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For one quarter, I was number one with QSC. Oh, that's awesome. I beat Chuck Levins. (laughs) I beat Chucks. I beat Guitar Center. Mm -hmm. I beat Chucks. And there was some other. Sweetwater, probably. No, I didn't beat Sweetwater. Oh. Well, maybe I are did. they a QSC dealer? Though? Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, be, but the thing was, I beat Chucks, mm-hmm. and not only like that's for be, you, Dad, and not <laughs> only did I beat Chucks, but I beat them at one of their highest selling, yeah, uh, uh, the um, brands. Yeah, it was really, it was really a cathartic experience. Oh, I that called had to my amazing. mom. I called my mom. She's like, "Well, I don't know what that means, but whatever." Oh, I went into <laughs> thanks. I'll go back to playing my clarinet now. I went into Jack's one day for dinner, and the lady's like, "Have you been here before?" And I was like, "I hung all these speakers." Yeah, especially the ones in the back. And she's like, "Oh, my husband works for QSC." Oh, what? That was, oh, that was Michaela. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Actually, her husband hooked me up. He was the one that uh-huh. uh, gave me the hookup with QSC. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so you're seeing all this cool gear. I'm seeing all this. You've seen all this cool gear. Let's go back to the yeah, 90s. Yeah, no, back to, back to the, yeah, back is this to the 90s or just the 80s? This, we're still in the 80s. We're right around 1989, 88, 89. And so general. you're playing out. You're like, man, all this like, gear is so it's, cool. This is like really, really cool. You know, the big stuff. And, and I see these guys talking about the blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't know why. I was just fascinated with that. Yeah. I was always fascinated with that kind of stuff anyway when I was younger. Mm. You know, speakers being a... I thought about being a DJ or whatnot. Well, I mean, it makes yeah. sense with the whole repair thing. You, yeah. you wanted to know how the stuff worked. Yeah. You, being able to repair stuff, you've yeah. got to know how exactly. instruments work. So. But yeah, I, I always wanted that. You know, some big speakers, you know, and I didn't know. I had no clue what was going on. I didn't know what was up. So, I'll, yeah, so when I moved back here uh, to take over Noteworthy which was my dad's music store, um, we were just kept, kept getting these phone calls. Uh, you know, do you guys do any sound systems? Do you guys sell sound systems? Do you guys rent sound systems? Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was starting to happen like once a week, then twice, three times a week. I'm like, you know, maybe I ought to delve into this. And at the time I was playing in bands, I was still playing in bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and we came back. Uh, so I had... 
trying to think of how this all happened. It's it's kind of foggy. This is, <laughs> we're talking this is 1992, so it's like I'm trying. According to, to Bob, the worst era for music. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh. Okay, you're gonna cru- everybody's gonna crucify me right now. Patreon, you're gonna oh, lose we've a- all we've all had you're all crucify me moments on this all podcast of your Patreon viewers right now. <laughs> I, I hate Nirvana. <laughs> I feel like the, honestly, but I love the Foo Fighters, but I hate. Nirvana. I feel like that's not a. That's not that controversial. It's really, I, it's really, I feel like it's really cool to hate Nirvana these days. I was on that yeah, train I was for say, a while. I feel like a lot so of in people. In other words, I've been cool since You've been 92. cool since not yet. Yeah. So okay, you so hated them when they came out. You're oh like, man, gosh. screw this Kurt Cobain guy. Okay, so here's what it made. Here's what being. I'm a big fan of that Courtney Love chick, though. <laughs> well, okay, so here's, here's one thing coming from that classical background, okay, mm-hmm. where technique technique and being fluid mm-hmm. and, and being able to do ca- all these calisthenics mm-hmm. yeah. with your instrument, right? Yeah. That translated into, of course, the 80s metal scene. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. You had Guys. to be, you had to have that faculty in your hands. Yeah. Right? Yngwie, uh, all those guys. Steve yeah. Vai, Eddie Van Halen, you you name it, mm-hmm. all those guys, Red Beach, all those guys, they needed, you needed, if you didn't play like that, you, yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you, you weren't. You weren't getting the gig. Yeah, Kurt Cobain made it cool to suck. <laughs> Fair enough. See, this is where my I do perspective not think differs. That that is cool. It mm-hmm. is not cool to suck. In fact, working in noteworthy, working in music and arts, working in, in in guitar stores, seeing guitar stores, being one of the people, one of the assholes would come in blah, 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 uh-huh. over the PV stage forty. Yeah, game, you know. Uh, I would. I, I watched the. It was the race to the bottom mm-hmm. as far as guitar players go. People come in. All they would do is, you know, and that, and that's all they could play. Yeah, you know, when guys came play. in, you know, when back in my day, you mm-hmm. know, my day was only like five years earlier. Guys would come in. It was. It would like be listening to, you know. Callous to get them. Yeah, they were all trying to be. That, yeah. out, then, that was yeah. the goal. Whereas then was the, the goal, goal became, you know, yeah, a lower so, bar of, of right proficiency. I, I feel it was the race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you, that you've lost all your Patreon viewers, <laughs> from my point see, of I was gonna say that was my entry because I didn't like I didn't take music programs in school. Yeah, I didn't want to wear the hat. And I, I wore the hat. When I, I wanted the to shirt. Pl- I wore I, the everything. You know, I wanted to play drums. I didn't want to like. Right. Like, this wasn't drums to me. This wasn't this cool. little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just being a snare know, player? Yeah. Or like the little, whatever the tom things were. Because, like, the music the was like, you play drums, like, join the drum line. I was like, I don't want to do that. You mean like, Nick Cannon and Drumline didn't make you want to join the Drumline? No, be, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> I love that movie. You got to learn how to play that like snare that solo at the end. Well, now, yeah, now I'm old and I was like, I should have actually probably learned how to, like, Done, do play that? this stuff. Yeah. See, and that's what I'm saying. But I don't mm. think everybody has regrets but, like but this. But there was yeah. never, when I was like growing up playing music, there was never an option of like blending the two together. It mm-hmm. was either if you wanted to learn drum set, you learned like jazz, mm-hmm. or you had to learn like marching band stuff. Because I understand those are both like the school programs, but no one was ever like. Nobody's teaching you how to rock out. Yeah. Right. Or. It was just it's like it's not something you teach; it's something you are. Well, I, <laughs> oh I don't think I'm like. I think for the gigs that I have, Thanks. like, 
for, yeah. I'm gonna sit here and giggle about that one a bit. The gigs that I have and the music that I get asked to play on, I feel that I can hold it down. Mm-hmm. But there are other things I would like to explore. But no one, there was never a pathway to like. No one could tie it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one could be like, well, you would be better at this type of music if you would learn some of these basic things. But it was never applied to the drum. It was just like, well, here's a paradiddle, and now just play it across the toms, and then you can just go back to, you know, mm. a typical drum beat. Yeah, I have a hard time with my students because I try to approach it, you know, like I teach at the rock well, school where it's, you know, all the music they're playing is rock and roll, yeah. but I try to, from a lesson standpoint, be like, well, you need to learn about your instrument. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's really yep. easy to learn. You know, I'll give, I'll thank Kurt Cobain because it's given a lot of, a lot of guitar players, they can play a song for the first time very early on, but... I'll give, um, okay, I'll give it that. Yeah, it's I'll like there's so that. many... You know, come as you are, like you could teach oh, that within a month and the kid yeah. feels like, I could play a song now, right. which is awesome. But I like to then tie in, like, I want to teach kids, this is music theory. You need to understand music. Yeah. Like, you well, need to I understand did. things. You don't need to be, you know, a master at it, but you need to have an understanding of it when you go to then approach yeah. your sure. music yeah, because you know, I journey. messaged you right before the holidays or something when I was like, I'm kicking around the idea of trying to find like a drum instructor yeah. that can, now that I'm older and mature, I can be like, well, I, I need to learn the, like, this is what yeah, I need Yeah, you'd ask me, like, what are some things I can improve on? I said, you should smile more. The, <laughs> everybody does say that. <laughs> well, isn't that funny? Because as we get older, uh, I know that for me, I want to take lessons again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, seriously, I, I want to take, I want to get take, guitar lessons i need to take bass you now i uh, my bass chops i was a you know i played bass a lot i'm like phoenix give me some lessons you know? uh, yeah. i mean i think that's but, the true yeah. sign of a, of, a, of a lifelong musician is always wanting to learn is yeah. never thinking because i mean oh, yeah. you look at the greats like you were talking about you know like joe satriani steve i i guarantee you those guys still are constantly learning when they hang mm-hmm. out with guys of their caliber they're like dude how are you doing that yeah. you know like yeah. um i remember seeing the uh what was it like Axe Legends tour, whatever like that. It was um, it was Steve Vai, Ingve, uh, Abasi, um, Zach Wild. So you had all these different styles, all these different generations, and they were all jamming together. I remember seeing behind the scenes footage, and they were all showing each other different tricks. Because yeah. it's just like you never, not that you're never good enough, but you're always wanting to push the boundaries more. And yeah. I feel like that's that's you know true I love was, of music. I always liken music to golf. Yeah. Because you're always playing against yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, always. You will never be your the only per- opponent is you. Yeah. yeah, you will never be the perfect golfer. And I'm bad at music and golf. Yeah, it's yeah, like you're never here. trying to be better yeah. than that guy. Yeah. You're trying to be better than, than yourself. Yourself your right now. Self. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I want to be better than what I was last week. Mm-hmm. And I take that approach to mixing too. Yeah. yeah. When when I'm mixing a show, when I'm in the studio, I want to be better than what I was the last mix. Yeah. You know. And then I'll go back, and then sometimes you can lead down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. as well, especially in the studio. Live live is like, okay, you got your one shot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and now I'll work on it for the next show. Yeah, you can't go back to that mix <laughs> you did. It's like, well, mix, that mix you know? is that mix. That was that, and that was that, yeah. you know? But you can take what you've learned and go back and listen to former mixes. I don't suggest going down the rabbit hole so far that you like that you never get out mm-hmm. of the rabbit hole. Because yeah. those, those mixes were, were, for that time, what you knew, what was your life experience? You, you always Man. have to put your life experience yeah. in your mixes. And and some uh, a friend of mine said we were talking about this a couple months ago, and he said it doesn't matter what mixing technique, what plugins, how you do, who it is, your mix is going to sound like you. 
Mm-hmm. It will always sound like you, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. That will be your signature sound. Mm. Even if you don't have a signature sound, mm-hmm. that's going to be your signature sound. You, yeah, it will always sound like yeah. you. I've started taking that approach even when I'm like looking at gear and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this actually going to make me better? Or is it just something? Or is it going to go sideways? Yeah, because I just feel like... I don't know. I feel like even my live mixes sound similar to like my studio mix. Mm-hmm. Not in a in a bad way, but like I can tell we're like I mix that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can sell so me a Adam stereo was, now. <laughs> so Adam's, Adam's like Bob. I've never done a bad mix, Renali. Oh yes, I have. <laughs> have you ever heard a bad Bob mix? Come into no, shows no, I that haven't. Bob is mixed. No, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Oh, there were times. So were what times. was? So you, you're starting to sell stereo. So you decided so, to get into the stereo game. No, sound, no, you didn't. I, no, sound systems. Sound so systems. Here's what so here's what I so, so people systems. are calling okay. for these things, and I'm like, okay. So finally, I took every bit of money I owned, and meanwhile, my dad was still alive, and he was in the shop mm-hmm. and telling me how full of shit I was. <laughs> and, 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 this sound and, system and, thing, it's not going to get popular. It's a phase. That's it's exactly phase. what he said. He's <laughs> yeah. like, it'll never work. He looked straight at me. He said, it'll never work. And he got a bunch of his band director friends to set me dead, said to tell me, it's never going to work. It's right to my face. <laughs> you got the council of band directors. Yeah, I'm like, We're going to tell and, you something. And I just here. looked at them, and I said, fuck you. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. that's what, basically what I said. This will never work. Watch me. Yeah. You know why it doesn't so work? Because I, I set it up. And, hey. <laughs> and I went and I spent every bit of money. I had $1,800 to my name. Turned out I ended up with 18 cents to my name. I'll, I'll tell that story later. Uh, eight, I had 1800 bucks in the bank and I'm, I bought a PVCS 800, mm-hmm. which was a, the boat anchor of all amplifiers. <sighs> I went and I bought wood. Those, that was the heavy ass thing we used that when I mixed Marzi that one time when you threw the hurricane party. All oh. this, you remember when we tried to move that amplifier? Yeah. Yep, that was it. That's it. Yep. That 83 party, pounds. Yeah. They, they were literally a, a pound a watt because they were 800 watts. And and literally they, they were like eighty or you know they were eighty three pounds. That's crazy. The the later ones, the smaller ones, I think they were like right around fifty or sixty pounds. Mm-hmm. But they saw that ginormous. Yeah, you know, it's like eight hundred yeah. watts. Wow, <laughs> big time. You know. Now we're looking at you know a twenty thousand watt amp. Yeah, inside, right. Like, like, you oh. know, like literally. I'll put and it in my backpack. Curl it. <laughs> yeah, you can curl it. You know. <laughs> Who needs a gym? <laughs> Thank you, D class amplification. <laughs> you love it. Um. So anyway, uh. So yeah, and I bought a PV Unity Unity one thousand eight channel mixer. I bought four cheap, cheap. $40 Shure microphones. I think they were called the Prologues or something mm-hmm. like that. I bought uh, some mic stands and some cables. I didn't even have monitors. I didn't know what monitors were. And then I went and bought two PV Scorpion 12-inch speakers. And then I went to Radio Shack and I bought four of these. We called them Razor Tweeters because they looked like razors. They were just like these... So are you going off, basically at this point, are you just going off your knowledge of what you know from just doing all these all these gigging, gigging throughout the years? You're yeah. like, well, I've seen this, I and I've seen that, this. I saw that, I'm going yeah. to do that. Yeah. I had no clue. I remember, so so from that, so that was started my learning journey. Mm-hmm. Um, my first gig, I, I had, I was, I can't remember, there's like one or two or three first gigs that I can say. It's always I, hard to kind of pinpoint really, that. I can't remember. It was either some little, this little country gospel band where they were playing at the back of Walmart and, and 
<laughs> and I, I remember I had my Chevy Blazer, and I pulled the tailgate down, and I set the CS800 on the tailgate. I'm looking, staring out here because I'm really trying to remember. Uh, CS800 and then the Unity, and then I just ran my mic cables to the stage. And so at this point... <laughs> At this point, are you still doing all, this all underneath the, the 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 branch of the music store? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So people Absolutely. are calling the music store and they're yeah. hiring you out through that. that yeah, that's wow, how that's it so happened. That's so cool. Yeah, that's how it happened. And so it was either that or it was uh, there was a band in, in the '90s, local band called Mind Riot, uh, that um, uh, uh, my friend Ron Nicodemus used to. to okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, he plays at. Um, he, yeah, the stuff that we play at. Too. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. You know Ron. Yeah. He has the song about the bowling alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. So, so Ron was one of my. He was one of my first metal gigs. Oh, that's you know? awesome. And I'm like, I had no clue what I was doing. Literally none. I I know I bring up a fader and I plug this into there. I had no idea what mm-hmm. I was doing. I didn't know you couldn't use guitar cables for speakers. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I had no idea. I was doing it. Though. Yeah, you're like, it. we're making it work. So finally, so I got in this one band. So uh, you, they, Kurt this, Cobain of sound. I you. did. I was the Kurt Cobain of sound. I had no, but it didn't suck. <laughs> so there. Bob never did oh, a bad mix or not. <laughs> Go show your butt to the camera again. <laughs> yeah, go wipe up the stuff you um, So then after that, um, uh, I, I ended up getting in with a local band. Uh, uh, it was called Rattletrap. And we it was a cover band, and they practiced in this old church. But they had a big PA that when we would go out to a club, they had the big dual, eight, dual 15 subwoofer scoops. Yeah. And then they had two PVSP3s. The old PV SP threes, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, because I told the singer he lived next door to the music store. He's like, he's like, we just lost our sound guy. I said, well, I do sound. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the story of my career. I can do that. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> that's this whole story of my career, and and um, and I always said yes. Mm-hmm. I always always said yes. Yeah. Always. You're just like I'm gonna try it. I don't yeah, care. Let's yeah, do it. Let's, let's go. go. Yeah, I mean, if I fall, I'm gonna fall big. Yeah. You know, just say I'm just gonna say yes, and I did. I said yes to everything. Mm-hmm. It got me into trouble sometimes, but for the most yeah, part, but, I, yeah. you know. Um. So yeah. After that, uh, I learned how real sound systems worked and yeah, what you, three, how, the three way the, like mm-hmm. when i was teaching that for yeah. amp class mm-hmm. i that's was like oh this was a three-way pa we mic the bass drum mm-hmm. and it goes boom boom <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i still i just brought the faders up and they're like it sounds great you're hired and i'm like <laughs> i have no clue what i'm doing <laughs> what's this rack of blinking lights i have no eat idea eat your heart out dad yeah, look what dad. i just did no yeah no. dad was still alive and he was still telling me i was full of shit yeah. and it wasn't gonna work you know so uh, you're just learning all of this flying by the seat of your pants by just... my, i asked a lot of questions yeah um uh th- there was a friend of mine who who's passed away now he really kind of taught me he gave me the initial mm-hmm. teaching for that mm-hmm. um and he was the guitar player in the band and um and i was like yeah, yeah, so then I would just learn from uh, like guys that would open up for our band. Yeah. Uh, they would bring their sound guys, and, there were, and this one guy who I remember being really impressed with how he did stuff, uh, he came in and he showed me what to do. Oh, that's like, awesome. It, which is like, which is like what 
I had learned, but on steroids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he just took that EQ, he just jacked it up. And all of a sudden, there it was. There was the chest pounding thump that mm-hmm. I had always heard, always wanted to get, never knew how to do. Yeah. Didn't know what, you know. And so after that, then I started walking going down to uh seeing a lot of bands in baltimore uh there was one guy down there um who used to uh, mix jimmy's chicken shack and oh. i learned a ton from him i just watched it i just asked questions yeah, yeah. you just I'm, go I'm up and saying, ask questions just like, like what you do i mean you, like, i annoy if you are a sound guy for a band i like i will find you on instagram and yeah. i will fucking annoy you yeah <laughs> that's what i did i just yeah. annoyed the, I, I think i annoyed the piss out of this guy i hope i didn't but uh, you know, well, I was good like, thing you did because I mean, it's a good thing I did because yeah, like his drums. I remember, I remember his drum tones were so what I always heard in my head, you know, but could never really yeah. didn't know how to achieve it. And I remember seeing all the, you know because it was still analog stuff. Yeah. that and the other thing. I'm like, are you gating that that? And he's like, no. I'm like. Okay, then that, uh, ever, just forget it now. I, yeah. I don't even know like, I'm not I'm even in the ballpark. I'm I don't not know. even close to being in this ballpark. I need to just, and I just asked and asked and asked mm-hmm. and, and talked and talked and talked and talked to people. Almost got my ass kicked several times for several <laughs> bands. You know, one guy, I'll never forget one guy uh, for a band that was opening up for my band. I was mixing the whole show. And uh, and he he couldn't hear himself, couldn't hear himself, and I'm like, dude, you're jacked, you know. And I heard it in the monitor. It, I went up there, listened. It was you could. There's no way you couldn't hear yeah. him. And he was like, I can't hear myself. Turns out he was so high on coke, and he was literally he was like a fifth degree black belt. <laughs> <laughs> and on Taekwondo, he was literally going to take me out and literally kick my ass and kill me that night oh because he couldn't hear himself God. in the monitor. <laughs> Fortunately, I had this big friend, a really big friend of mine, who's now. Why are all my friends dead? Anyway, <laughs> don't he, get into audio. I don't know. Yeah, know. that's the really giant guy. Now he's I'm a really good friend of mine. He literally, it was just like picking up like a little like like. Okay, so like in in um, <laughs> in Willy Wonka, you know when the TV kid he's like a little small and he picks him up and yeah. he walks him. Out. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he just picked him up by scrubbing his neck. The guy's like, <laughs> like, what is your black belt doing for you now? Out the door, you know. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. So, yeah. but you know, it's it just a lot of experience, a lot of time, so asking a lot of questions. How did ASP start then? When did when did you finally transition into? So ASP started uh, at the behest of my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why, gentlemen, you got to have cool wives. You have to have cool wives. Oh yeah, I have the coolest wife. If ever. You don't have a cool wife. You're you don't have wrong. a cool life. That's right. That's TM. So, Trademark. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Bing! That's right. Cool wife, cool life. Um, she really pushed me into this. Mm-hmm. She's like, you got to come into your destiny. You got to do what you're meant to do. Yeah. This is what, that is what you're meant to know. Noteworthy is not what you're meant to do. It was a platform to get you from mm. point A to point mm-hmm. B. But it, you know, you have to go do what you're meant to do. And because Noteworthy, honestly, Noteworthy was starting to really lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, 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 the school programs were drying up. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't getting their stuff fixed. We're, we're trying to we're trying to do this thing. Turns out the sound when we took a actually what what sealed the deal was when my wife she was she was working in corporate world. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the vice president of a very large book publishing company. She's like. We're going to do what we do at work. She's like, I want every single receipt mm-hmm. 
from the last year, every single one. Mm. And we're going to look and we're going to go through systematically, find out what brought in the money. money. Yeah. Yeah. What actually brought in the money and, and what are your costs associated? You know? Yeah. Turns out all of the sound stuff was paying for the music store. Oh my God. Not one bit of the music store was paying for the music store. The sound was paying mm-hmm. for the music store. And I kept having to buy new equipment, more equipment, more equipment. Mm-hmm. And we were running out of room, much like we are now. We need to get a new yeah. warehouse. Um, and it was really, it was, it was an eye opener. And because that had, that music store had been in Gettysburg and had been in my family between my dad having a 20 years before we moved to Gettysburg my dad having it 15 years before I took it over and me having it 20 years after that. Mm. It was a staple. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. A music store that ran in our blood. That was you part know? of the family. It's yeah. Blood. It's the family. And it was a staple of Gettysburg. I mean, you, you go to Gettysburg. Well, you know, noteworthy's in Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. There's a, a few of those stores that you just know you're in Gettysburg. Yeah. If those stores are there, yeah. you know, and I had to close it down. Mm-hmm. I did not want to do, I tried like crazy to not close it down. What really sealed it for me was we were doing a festival. Uh, it was actually uh, one of the festivals that you mix uh, in the spring. Folky Fest. Folky Fest. And you know. I, uh, it was a long day. It was hot. I remember it was a really long day. It was hot. I was doing monitors and, Banjo was doing front of house and we had gotten this real synergy going. It was really cool. Um, and that night I went to bed. Uh, I was tired. I was so tired. I was probably dehydrated like crazy. Um, I got home right around one o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. I wake up, go to the bathroom and I go lay back down and my whole right side goes numb. Like, like literally it's, just numb. Mm-hmm. And I tried to move my arm, tried to move my leg, couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. I was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And my wife, I, I got her up and she broke every traffic law <laughs> getting me to the hospital. We made it to the hospital in five minutes. Yeah. Like, literally. They so call her if you're ever in trouble. Don't call the police. Don't call the police. Call Rhonda. Rhonda's <laughs> actually been my emergency contact on every job application I filled out. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Really? No. <laughs> so, you said that really seriously because I, it, she would take a, you know, she would take up the cause. You know that. And it sounds like something that Adam would do too. Yeah, That's the thing. No, exactly. he would be like, yeah, of course like, we put her down. Like, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, just like I guarantee, be like, yeah, Phoenix gets all my organs when I die or something. I'd be like, yeah, that makes total sense. Other people are like, That's so strange. I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. it it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a it thing, makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, I had I had a minor, just very minor stroke, but it was enough to scare the shit out of me. I laid in that hospital for it was like it was like. It, 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 it was like Jesus dying, you know, and he's like, he had to sit in there for three days and then resurrect, you know, yeah. that's what happened after three. I laid in the hospital for three days, no TV on, no nothing. No, I just sat there. I laid there and just, just thought and thought and thought and thought. I'm like, if I, it dawned on me, if I don't do this now, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. And I will die not having fulfilled my dream. Yeah. At all. I mean, it, it wasn't going to happen. So I was like, you know what? This is a rebirth. I'm going to do this. A month later, I closed Noteworthy. 
That was hard. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I had to kill, and and I'm sure my competition, they were dancing in the streets, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and would you? So. I I have to say it. Would you say it was a stroke of genius? It was a stroke of genius. <laughs> <laughs> It was. <laughs> it wasn't stroke of genius. It was just. It was just a. No, it was a medical it stroke. It was a medical stroke, and and I better do this, or I'm gonna not. Yeah. Anyway, I had. So I, 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 I saw the gears. It was there. So that's crazy. It was really crazy. And the and and so that's where ASP and I had already had kind of put it in the works. Already, uh, but it was just so you needed something to, to decide to take that leap. That yeah, that leap I, of hey, I'm taking uh, this leap of faith. This is no, what I need to do. You, yeah, I'm I need to do push it. You out of the nest. Yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna hit the ground too. And <laughs> the funny thing was, it was really weird. I'd always wanted to work. I, the The goal was to I want to sit on my front porch, drink coffee, and do business. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? I see you do that all the time. Right. And it wasn't any more than like a month later. Yeah. I was sitting on my front porch, booking shows, drinking coffee. Yeah. And knowing that I, I'm charging X amount for this gig, I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay this bill. I don't have to pay that bill. I don't have to do this. I don't mm-hmm. have to. Wait a minute. I can put all the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's probably cool. MG. This is like the coolest thing ever, right? Yeah, because you don't have a shop anymore, so there's no that you don't have that kind of overhead. And so it's like, so I was able to save up money. And so we're like, well, we need a place to put because this was in my garage. I was operating ASP out of the garage. Oh man, up there, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, I need my garage back. (laughs) So we had we had this building down here. Uh, but the land didn't belong to us. The building didn't belong to us. It was it was the 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 neighbors that it belonged to, and I bought the land, bought the building. We had we got the building renovated, and ASP moved down here, and it's just been. And then since then, once again, when you're in the right place at the right time, it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. We're getting we're getting tons of phone calls, emails. You know, now we're doing installs. Do you guys do live stream work? Do you do this? Do you do that? Next thing you know, I'm getting approached by theaters. Hey, we want you guys to be the sole provider of production in this theater, in that theater, in this theater. And, you know, you know. Yeah. And so even like working over at the Majestic, hmm. I always wanted to be, you know, the guys when, 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 when uh, my friendly, co- and these are friendly competition. Music stores is not friendly competition. Mm-hmm. Production companies is friendly competition. You guys rent from each other. You can go back and forth. I'd never experienced anything like this strange, as far as yeah. working together. Would you say? Would you say that they're they're with with the music business like this? You know, excluding the whole record label stuff. But at this level, there's enough to go around. Would you say that's kind of like when you usually one or two guys. I would say not so much at ASP, but with like other production companies I encounter where they're just like, this is the home team and everybody else sucks. But most of the people are all kind of in my shoes where Mm -hmm. like, I'm working for Bob this weekend, but Mm -hmm. next Thursday through Monday, I'm at, you know, I'm where I, I'm in a permanent install. And then, you know, on three Thursdays in another house that another company has, but because of the network, Mm -hmm. Especially with live sound, you know, and live sound companies, yeah. production providers, there's a network and it's like this unspoken thing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to call my friend so-and-so who owns this company. I know they got this piece of gear mm-hmm. I'm, and 
those guys call me. Yeah. Hey, Bob, do you have X, Y, Z? You know, I have, I have major production companies calling me, Bob, do you have X, Y, Z? And I call them. I'm like, I just called it, you know, one of the big ones down in Fred. They do Madison Square Garden all the time. I'm like, hey, Sean, do you have, mm-hmm. I need 4 p.m. 1000s for a gig. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's all. I mean, networking's so important. I mean, you know? especially in a, in a industry like this that isn't. You know, or like PSM 1000. Sorry, not PM. Not I was say, damn, that's a whole <laughs> console. Yeah, yeah, no, no, PSM 1000. I need four sets of in ears for this one gig I got. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's like we 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 rent to each other because you got to make the show happen. Yeah. yeah, and you know darn well the other guy's going to pull you out of the fire mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so that that's something with music stores. That never happened. Mm. Everything was guarded and guarded and guarded. And this guy's the devil. That guy's the <laughs> devil. I am the only one. Yeah, I yeah, feel like I'm any kind of I'm the only angel in front. this land of devils. You're the devil. You're the devil. And you know what the other guys are saying? You're the devil. You're, you're the, the devil. devil. Yeah. And they're pointing the finger at me. I'm the devil. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, because I used to be like a little cautious at first. Like when I was first starting in live, it's like, oh, is Bob or whomever going to be mad that I can't work this weekend because I took another gig? And I realized now that like no one gives a shit. And Bob's like, actually, no, I do. Adam, you're fired. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many times I've fired him? Do you know how many times I've fired me? <laughs> After every set. <laughs> so did you ever, um, so I know now, you know, having been here uh, numerous times. Do you ever? Did you ever dabble in getting into studio environment? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, in fact, that's why I own a studio. <laughs> COVID really got my studio chops working. Really yeah, well. yeah. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I started doing studio recordings in my back bedroom of my little tiny house at Lake Heritage. Uh, and I just used a live soundboard, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you go to four track tape. Yeah. You know, the little, little Foss text four twenty or yeah, Tascam four twenty four, and my PV console. Awesome. Look, we talk about it all the time. PV, it's not what you want, but it'll never let you down. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. I love yep. PV stuff. Yep. So I'm, but I mean, yeah, working with, you know, VI 3000s. and a little spoiled sometimes. Uh, yeah, I know. And, and, <laughs> well, someone sent me. and, yeah, yeah, CL5s and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, someone. T-Lives. It's like, like PV. And oh, everybody yeah. gets this nostalgic look. <laughs> well, someone, yeah, someone texted me and they're like, I found this old Mackie board. And I was like, and? And they're like, isn't it cool? And I was like. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, okay. So when I bought my first Mac, when were you born? 96. Ah, that's when I bought my first Mackie board. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying, it's Maybe like, that's they why were you the were born. Hot thing. You- oh, dude, the SR, the, the, the 32, I bought the mm-hmm. SR32. I bought mm-hmm. it from Chucks. The SR32 VLZ was groundbreaking in small format consoles that would do large because mm-hmm. that was the big thing. They were on major tours. Everything yeah. with Mackie, this, Mackie, that. And I remember when I bought my first, I remember when I bought that and I was like, I had gotten a phone call. It was really funny. I was like, I bought this. I had buyer's remorse like crazy, $1,600 for that console. And, and Rhonda was like, you need to get this. Get it. I know you need it. It wasn't any more than two weeks Your later. Your wife sounds awesome. <laughs> Rhonda's <laughs> yeah. a lovely human I mean, being. I know I've met her a couple of times, yeah. but just these She's stories, awesome. just like, you need to buy this you, console. You're, you're like, going to buy this and be, <laughs> because she had a vision. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from Gettysburg College. Hey Bob, how would you like to, to to mix front of house for the Count Basie band? And I'm like, oh, I am so in. I am, I am in on that. And 
And I was like, I was looking at the console. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's <laughs> <laughs> me every day. Do you ever, do you, so how long have you been doing this now? Would you say? Uh, mixing, I started mixing in 93. Okay. So, so, so longer than we've been alive. So do you ever still have moments where you go, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's why you ask. Yeah. You know, if you literally, if you, you know, I've been stumped on, on a, a certain console, and I'm like, I, I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone. Yeah. To tech support or whoever, you know. Um, yeah. Like, like, like um, okay. So about a year ago, um, I got, was able to, I'm now able to commission uh, the Allen Heath D live consoles, mm-hmm. which is their flagship. You They're know? awesome. And I they got are, to program a scene on one, yeah. but I got to see one live up close once. Yeah. Oh, I, was like, I had, so I had <laughs> this is one, cooler than the show. <laughs> I had the one in my dining room for a month and a half. It was cool. <laughs> I, I think I was over every day for a week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, but you know, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, and I'm on the phone. You know, I'm like, yeah. I don't know how I got to I got to be able to commission this thing in about mm-hmm. three weeks. What's going on? How do I do that? Because they wanted to do waves. They wanted to do all sorts of stuff. They yeah. wouldn't be able to, to do what we were just doing. They yep. wouldn't do super rack, sound grid, yeah. sound grid and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I'm like, I don't I have no idea. how do you do that? Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah. And you're going to any good touring engineer is going to go when they go into rehearsals. uh if they want to try a new console, or they're using a new console. You need help. You need your handheld. Yeah. You know, yeah. and especially somebody like like me, if or, or Adam, if we're working on console du jour, it's like you have to learn a different computer program. Mm-hmm. They're not all everywhere you go. You know, it's not like a car where it's pretty much well. You know what to do. I would say yes. They're kind of like cars. They have steering wheels. Yeah. They have right. But. Tires. Well, it's kind of you know coming from the studio environment. It's kind of like switching dogs. You're like, oh, I get the premise of how these work. Yes. I could record something, but I'm not gonna be fascinated. Where is this in this menu? Or what's yeah. the key that's command for this? All like, of my, okay, the principles are still the same, but it's yes. like, you know, and you know, if you're familiar with Pro Tools, oh, I'll pull up a mix, do this in ten minutes. Whereas when you switch, I was you're trying like, to like route something in Cubase. Oh yeah, you were like, you were like, like yeah. how the hell do I do this? Because <laughs> all my insecurity melted away about that stuff. I was. Um, there was a, a, a tour and it's actually coming through the Majestic next week and I'm really excited to hang out with the front of house guy because he's awesome but I was doing backline on a Friday and then they were coming into the Majestic on the next day on Saturday or whatever days of the week it was and he was like you know we were talking he's like yeah I was Queens of the Stone Age's monitor guy like when <laughs> oh Dave Grohl like on the uh, Songs for the Deaf tour yeah. and he was like I, he's like I did sound for this uh He's like, I was Alice in Chains front of house guy for like a couple years. And I was like, like Tell we figured out the years. And I was like, oh shit, I saw you like mix Alice in Chains. I was like, I got in a fight with my bitch of a girlfriend at the time. Oh, so it wasn't with Lane? No, it was <laughs> the new stuff. Um, and he's like, yeah, there's this. <laughs> he's like, oh, I remember seeing that guy. Yeah. Started, there was a guy crying and his girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. Uh, <laughs> no, that was me. He's like, there's this uh, band uh, out of Austin, Texas called The Sword. I was there front of house guy. I was like, you mixed The Sword? And I was like, you're awesome. And he's like, yeah, front of house for a band that opened for Tool and I was just like you want to be best friends <laughs> but then he came in to the um, the Majestic the next day and he was like I I haven't used the VI series in like five years like how how do you do this yeah wow that's and awesome I was just like oh dude we got this so yeah. I was like oh shit like you can actually 
do it without having to know like every little specific. Yeah. And my thing is there's too many nerds out there telling you you can't. And I say, fuck the nerds. <laughs> fuck the Pretty nerds. Pretty much it. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. As we all know, the industry is getting driven by IT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and musicians are being actually put on the back burner, which is why there's a lot of guys like 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 me, Adam, uh, my friend Brad, my friends, my, my friend Eddie. Those guys are all like they're work because they're musicians, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and I try to mix every set like I'm the fifth or sixth or eighth yeah, member of the band. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that, yeah, about being I, the other I, member of the band. I'm, it's I'm hard trusting a sound I, guy who's not a musician. Yeah. yeah I, I can't understand that. So when we went to school, like I remember, I don't know if in your class, but in my class, I remember that or, or, I was, I think I was the only person in my class that played an instrument. Same. It, the, yeah. And it was like, yeah. that blew my mind. It, yeah. I, I just, I, I want to make beats. Not even that. Nobody was like that. It was more just like they were like, well, and you know, and you know, not knocking any of my classmates. They're all wonderful, but it was just I, I really couldn't comprehend. Like, you don't play an instrument, but you want to do this make thing music. that involves. You, you want to make music, exactly. You, you know, engineering music, is making music. music. Yeah, yeah, that just. I, I don't know. I just that blows my mind. I mean, I, I get like. I understand it if you just like if you love theater production and mm-hmm. you want to do audio for theater like that. I can. I understand that because then you're, that's your, I don't know. The hey, right that word. takes a skill. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's a skill I, set. Yeah, that is a, a skill set. Mm-hmm. But there's still, there's still, I'll do it if I absolutely, but there's still like a, sh- to do one right now. Yeah. I don't have those skills, but there's a shared medium that like yeah. that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. just, it's hard for people to be like, I want to mix front of house, but I don't know. Like it's just, to me, there's a disconnect, and this is a topic we'll get into. Damn seltzer water. Um, it's like, but you don't know what a musician needs because you've never been on you've stage. Never on that end. Like, yeah. You've never felt. That's it. You've never yeah. sat through a mix where the the monitor is all just bass. So every time Phoenix hit the low B on his B string, I just got <laughs> blasted with 55 hertz or Why whatever. Why are you looking at me like that? I wasn't. You love getting blasted by me. Don't lie. I was looking over there because on that gig. <laughs> I thought he was blaming me. For no. I, <laughs> Wait, was this, was this one of the ones that Bob mixed? No, this, oh. was, this, was, this was when well, you turned the we, played, off. we played a gig in Delaware where Phoenix and I had more oh, fun I, driving with, with to radar. Yeah. Was, was this with Radar this as our sound guy? This was the worst live sound guy I have oh, ever that encountered. Was he looked like if CLA and Radar from MASH had a love <laughs> child. So he had the he had the balding skullet with the military <laughs> beanie. Nice. And did he have the glasses? He had yep. the round uh-huh. glasses, camo cargo yep. pants. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was his name Don? I don't know. I could not tell you. I, I know a sound guy. I who, know who, 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 I that I was again. completely hammered because I think at that that point in time when we were like when we were in a band together, in neither that band I, together, we're in good headspace. Oh yeah, neither of us were good. So it was like one of us it was like, "Hey, is it my turn to get completely <laughs> obliterated?" Yeah, sure, I'll drive us home. And oh so one of us had no idea what was going on the entire night, and it just traded off. That night, yeah. I think I was obliterated. You were like, "Dude, this sound guy is pissing me off." And I'm like, "Bro, it's fine. It's whatever." Yeah, because we went to Wa- <laughs> we went to Wawa. 
because you'd never been. I'd never been to a while. And then we listened to the Wu Tang Clan. On the yeah, that was a good time. Uh, but it, like, yeah, he just like threw a D one twelve in the kick drum, and it wasn't even like pointing at the beater. And then, <laughs> nice. then he yelled at me because I couldn't move all of my drums off the stage in like one movement. <laughs> and then there was a band where the guy looked just like a low rent Nikki Six, and he was just like looking at me. And I was like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, I'm not sticking around for your band. I'm going home. This guy sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was it was rough. Yeah, don't no, be a hater. <laughs> no monitor. Like, the only thing in my monitor was just bass. Fifty oh. yards. Just oh my god. I, I looked at Phoenix. I was looking over because I was having flashbacks because Phoenix and you was did like ask right him there to, to change the. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my monitor mix is that hard. Is I want I don't need any drums. I just I want, need I want to hear the vocal. I need I want a little like bass. Vocal, <laughs> guitar and bass kind of right there. Yeah. Cuz I like even as a drummer one Phoenix's bass cab is loud enough that I can pretty much hear it. Maybe just some definition in the monitor. But depending on like how tight the band is, like we weren't playing to a click, so I like having vocal in my monitor because I need to hear where the singer's at in the song mm-hmm. if they're coming in early for a verse or something. But yeah, let me ask you a question. Yeah, why would anybody ever want to put hi hat in their monitor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, if it's if uh, in ears makes sense, in ears, in ears, yeah, in ears all day uh, yeah. long, yeah. But then, but if, if you're, you're also, only on wedges, yeah, and the wedge is right here, and they want an SM81 right there, uh, yeah, and then they say, "Could you please really crank that in my wedge?" When your hi hat symbols are literally in your face. Oh <laughs> uh, well, this is okay. So why would you want? This seems a like an a microphone pointed in your we monitor, got, and then that in your monitor. <laughs> we this get, is yeah. Okay, you, we're gonna transition. So we got your backstory. Now we're gonna get into a sub series that which I, was awesome. I yes. I feel like I I, now I, never I know so much more about it. This is great. I mean, this story. is like really oh, inspiring, and I only awesome, ever heard so. it in Tarantino fashion, where I got like a little bit <laughs> here and a little fashion. bit there. You did. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Well, Tarantino's Italian too, so what do we you just kind of go all over the place? Um, <laughs> the series is tentatively called "Why the Sound Guy Hates You." I don't hate anybody. I know you don't hate anybody. But it's my I don't podcast. Be that guy. <laughs> it's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that sound engineer. My whole yeah, but it's it's not you because we're gonna have a bunch for, of live for the non Patreon subscribers. It's... The pre-show is me reading through Adam's notes and me being like, Adam, you're really angry. <laughs> no, your exact, your exact quote was, "Do you even like doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you even like audio? <laughs> Maybe you need to eat a hot dog or something. Are you hungry or something? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, there's the stereotype of yeah. the angry live sound engineer. Oh, yeah. Oh, before not, I became one, I, I totally, I was like, man, why are sound guys always so such dicks? Yeah. <laughs> it's because we didn't deal with musicians. And <laughs> now I know. Now I've and, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Going after that clickbait. Yeah. I think we should have an intelligent discussion where we bridge the gap between the disconnect that musicians have when they're on stage and sound guys oh, have. Sure. So, like, one of my talking points is understanding what you as an individual need in your monitor. Like, you probably don't need a hi-hat in your wedge if you're the drummer. You probably don't need a rack tom in your wedge. It's 18 inches from your face. <laughs> like, but, the, but as a good sound guy, as one who is working, trying to work with the band... Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not going to... Put it be, in. Yeah. Do yeah. what they yeah. say. Put it in. 
And then when they're playing, you gradually take it out. Yeah, I'm not saying if someone's like, can I get racked on my monitor? I'm not going to immediately if you're be like, having Fuck a problem. You. Well, if you're having a problem, if, if, if you're having an issue with, okay, you want your monitor at a certain decimal right. level, you know, and you want that first rack tom in there. And it's, and, and the more you turn that up, as we all know, that yeah. sound bounces around, it's going to mm-hmm. reverberate. Yeah. You know, it's just like an acoustic guitar without a, 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 a feedback buster in it, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So those drums are doing that. Well, if it's creating a problem, we don't want that either. Yeah, we got to pull so that out. So you can't sit there and 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 try to carve that out because when you try to carve that you're out, taking you're taking seven k out of your vocals. Well, or you're whatever. Taking, you're, yeah. yeah, you're you're killing what you know everything. Whatever. You're killing everything. So so you know so you you have to bring that down. And sometimes you tell them, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you know, because um, most of the stuff that we're mixing with. I would say the most problems that I encounter with musicians being unaware or ill-prepared is never when I get a sound check. Because, you know, it would be awesome to be like, we're going to sound check two hours before you're set. We Mm -hmm. have time. We're good. We can focus on monitors. I'll dial in a house mix. Usually never have problems when I have that opportunity. But a lot of the times it's run and gun festival stuff where we have 15 minutes. So... What do you like? What is your priority that you need to hear? Right. So the way I approach that, um, if we're doing run, like you and I are going to get, you and I are getting, we ready, are getting to a, ready to run and to gun, do our run and gun together. And I'm going to uh, be there cheering you guys on. You go, were, go, go. He's going to be there throwing things at us. <laughs> oh, I will. He's going oh, yeah. to give, give us crap. Harass the shit out of you guys. Us, this you know? mix sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go side stage. I'm just like, it's not mine. No. I'm going to go oh, up to the dude. drummer. Hey, man, do you need a hi-hat in your monitor? I can't hear it. <laughs> My favorite thing mixing at this venue is there was an all-instrumental band with a really loud stage volume. So the only thing I had going through the 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 system at all was kick drum. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe snares and some snare verb in the mains. Other than that, it was just stage volume. And some guy comes up and he's like, hey, I'm an audio guy too. Can you can you turn the guitar cab down out of the, like take the guitar out of the mains? And I was like, one, you're eating dinner in front of the PA. Like if you were an audio guy, you would have thought that's going to be loud. Yeah. And two, <laughs> if you can't I'm pretty that. sure you would have been able to hear that there's no guitars coming through those yeah, speakers. Yeah, you'd be like, hearing the actual stage. And I was mixing like, at like 82 dB. Like, yeah. Calm yeah. down, buddy. Yeah. So how I would normally approach a run and gun thing. Uh, I first go priority. Th- Priorities. Vocals. Vocals. Guitars. Mm-hmm. I, what I do is I'll, I'll take vocals. If I only have like four monitor mixes, you know, the first thing I'll do, vocals. Make sure that they're even in every single monitor. That's the first thing. If I have three vocals, fine. Or four vocals, fine. Five vocals, whatever. I make sure that they're all in the monitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everybody wants to hear the vocal. Yes. You know, they want to know where they're going, you know. Mm-hmm. For, do you like vocals in your wedge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to you got to find out where you are, yeah. you know. No, I absolutely. meant not just your vocals. No, yeah, no. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, when yeah. we play with Nick, I, mm-hmm. I like to hear him. Granted, sometimes it's a little hot um depending on where we're at. But yeah, I will, um, I like vocals that as a sound monitors. guy. I I like it hot in the monitors. You know why? Mm-hmm. 
because you can tell me to turn it down. Exactly. Yeah. And I will always turn it down. Yeah. I will. Re- yeah. I'd rather I start with my monitors hot. Yeah. I'd rather uh-huh. see this. Yeah. Than turn, turn up. Yeah. You know? No, that makes yeah. perfect sense. I I love turning it down. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because I know if the PA is stable and that environment, mm-hmm. and that environment is not a not your best environment yeah. a lot of times. I know if it's stable in that environment and you're asking me to turn it down, that means I know that we're good. Yeah. We're in the right place. We're in the right place. Yeah. I always get scared. Yeah. Uh, Another thing is I always try to emphasize with bands is just like clear communication because a lot of people will just look at me and then just do this. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Or they'll go like do the, like the Jack Black thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I know he did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. In that in that movie, he did yeah. that there, as, as an homage to us poor jackasses. It's funny we were talking and, about you know like the proprietary technology with like running like Dante or AES, and yeah. we're like there should just be a standard. There should be like a standard audio language, you know, like with like American we'll Sign Language. There's like you know we should uh, in, like incorporate gonna, that. That I should be a requirement. It, we will call it SAL. SAL. I like it. Yeah, my my thing is I I'll tell people and it's. I'll usually forget about it in the midst of a gig because I sometimes I have to like completely strike a stage while Bob's mixing a set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to tell people if you need something, up, you know, point at it, up, down, and then if it's good, don't give me a thumbs up because that also looks like this. So either give me one of these or give me one of these, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I know we're good. But I tried. I've been doing sound checks. And if now. it's horrible, give me one of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll interpret that as like, I'm number one. But I do, (laughs) I've been doing my sound checks backwards recently. And I feel like I've been getting better results where I start with vocals. Every time. Yeah. I will do that every single time. I learned that from a guy. It was, oh gosh, who was it? I, I saw him start with the vocal. He started with the vocal. Cause that also is. Then snare drum and then worked his way back from there. And I was like. It was amazing how quick. I will typically do drums last. I mean, if we're line checking, I'll yeah. go in order because it's just yeah, yeah. it's easier yeah, for you to go. Yeah, line checking. Yeah, but for sound check, I'll do drums last because really the only person is that ever gets drums on their monitor is the bass player. Usually wants some kick, and sometimes a guitar player wants some snare. But other than that, no one really needs drums in their wedges. So I'll start with vocals and then guitar and bass, and then keys or whatever, and then. I'll get to drums. For the drum wedge, I always start with a little kick, a little snare, a little bass. Yeah. And then if I, if depending on if I see how the guitar cabinets are set up, I'll throw a little bit of guitars in there, mm-hmm. just enough to take to put that edge in, just a you know, mm-hmm. just that that little fill, you know, because if, I also if I love it when guitar players way, they want to hear just a little bit of that side. Yeah. You know, so and it doesn't take much. I. But, I like it when guitar players angle their cabs and fire them onto the stage. So mm-hmm. that's so I learned to do that when I was playing out with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. with Rattle Trap. We always had our guitars facing like. Turns this. out the human ass is a good sound absorber. It really is. <laughs> uh, so we always faced our guitars in, and I'll tell you what happens. All of a sudden, it's like, geez, that's loud. Yeah. Fuck, I don't turn need that in my monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turn it down. Uh, if I need to hear it in the monitor, I'll you know if somebody needs to hear it over there, put it in the monitor over there. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. That's all you need. But turn those cabinets. I can't stress that enough. Turn your. It looks cool to go like that, mm-hmm. but you're killing your audience. You're not you're sponsored a, by Marshall Bro. You don't need to advertise yeah, we it. We had one New Year's Eve. It was a really. It, it was a national act, and they rolled in with not one, not two, not three, four, 
Not four. Oh, shit. Not five. Oh, Jesus. But six full operational Marshall stacks. Oh, my God. And not one, but two full SVT base rigs. I've seen the dual base cab thing live because usually there's one tucked right by the drummer. It works well if you turn it down. Yeah. And then they want it mic'd. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so the, why not? The, the end result was <laughs> why not, Mike? The, as well. the end result was the promoter did not want to pay to have a PA brought in. We had to use the house PA. Mm-hmm. Guess what wasn't working the next week when you go to fire up the house PA? The subwoofers. No, no the highs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, yeah. So I to try to get the that. vocal over top of that. Yeah. You try to get the vocal over top of that. Were you we just were hitting twelve k. We were just, hitting hundred and fifteen dB. Jeez. Oh, that uh, yeah, it's, and that's a weighted. We, we've talked about A-weighted. this is 115 dB. Concerts A-weighted. are too loud. Yeah, yeah, we've and and it's like you know, I and they wanted stuff in the monitors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not not. Happening. I can't hear my guitar. <laughs> yeah, you probably can't hear the other guys' guitar. So well, they so, probably also they're playing like that all the time. Probably well, they yeah. had it was, but uh, the, but the tones were there. It was literally that sound. Yeah. And and the drums. The only thing I had in the PA were the drums and the and vocals, vocals. Yeah. and that was it. Um, henceforth, the live stream mix because what only goes in the PA comes out yeah. into the live stream. Well, guess what happened? That live stream mix sounded so bad. Yeah. I'm getting. I, I had so much hate mail and I'm like, yeah, you don't understand. Okay, this is why you okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get to that point, I'm sure. Yeah, what goes, what's going to come in the console comes out of the console, yeah. right? I can't put, I'm not, I have to mix for the room. Mm-hmm. If I had a separate console, a separate sprit, if the promoter would have A, paid for that. Been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the promoter would have paid to have a real PA in there, you know, maybe we could have, it, it would have been a whole lot different story. But, I mean, the operating budget was like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and henceforth, I could hold my iPhone up and record it for you, buddy. <laughs> well, you know the funny thing is, here's here's the the upshot of the, the funniest part. They are, or I should say, the most ironic part of this whole entire thing was I, one of the 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 uh, the the, uh, um, the promoter who also did a lot of live streaming stuff. He sent this text to one of the other people. We never get taken care of. The audio guys are always like, they, they never, you know, take care of us and blah, 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 blah. Sent this thing. And the funny thing is, is that's all I was concentrating on. Mm-hmm. And I don't lose my cool. I never. Have you ever seen in all the years you've worked for no. me? Have I ever lost my cool? I lost my cool once. This <laughs> is one time in 20 years I lost my cool. 25 years I really lost my cool. I picked a chair and I threw it. Oh, nice. And I said, Bobby all, knighted that Bobby shit. Knight. all I've done was work on your goddamn live stream. Yeah. That's all I did. I was neglecting everything else and concentrating on your live stream. Sound familiar? Like Sounds- what I had to deal with back in May? Right. All That's all I did was I concentrated on your live stream. Yeah. Don't you dare tell me that I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, try to give you what you wanted. Yeah. I didn't Bobby Knight it, but I didn't have a so, good time. I got the live stream. I finally was able to get that mix. As soon as I got that mix dialed in, it sounded just, I mean, it was perfect. <laughs> Facebook, all their algorithms went ding, 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 ding. 
and they cut the stream. Oh my god. For copyright god. reasons. Oh my god. <laughs> when it sounded like poop. When I, <laughs> yeah, when it sounded like poop, the algorithm could determine, like, is this supposed to be simple, man? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. The, the algorithm didn't catch it. <laughs> Stop playing as simple, soon as man. I, as soon as I got it to sound just like one of the favorite albums that is out there. <laughs> oh my god. Copyright. Copyright. Bing. Bam, got taken down. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, do you want you can crap- put that on your resume? So do you want crappy audio? Or do you want I made it sound audio? so good. The algorithm thought it was yeah, actually it. the album. The album. Yeah. That's awesome. You know. So, and that was what I couldn't. I didn't have anything to monitor it with. It was. We're riding at. We're peaking at 115. We're riding solid at 109. <laughs> oh my god. I like to peak at 103. Yeah, yeah, oh exactly. God. And that's when we're the riding, band all hits on We're one. riding solid 106, 109, peaking oh. at 115. Oh, God. And you're concerned about your live stream mix <laughs> that I can't even monitor because even if I put headphones on, I can't hear that. And I'm trying to... No. No. Yeah, I feel like certain people don't really, have never really fully grasped the like the idea of like, some things are so loud you literally can't hear yourself think. Like yeah. I've experienced yeah. that, and it's yeah. not fun. Yeah, no. it's, it's it like is white, disorienting. It becomes white noise. Yeah, it literally becomes. There was one other concert that was like white noise, and that was G first G three concert mm-hmm. when it was um, uh, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, um, uh, Adrian Leg, and Eric Johnson. Mm-hmm. And when Steve Vai came up there. And they had this big eight. I didn't even know what it was. My introduction to real big, like different concert PA mm-hmm. than what I was used to. Cause I was like, you know, I'm like, what's that? I have those speakers. How come mine don't sound like that? <laughs> you know, he had this big giant 850 rig cool. and this ginormous, it was at the, um, at the DC armory. Mm-hmm. And that is nothing but one giant echo chamber. If you've ever mixed in there, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's nothing but echoes. Like it's like literally you clap and it's five seconds of reverb. Oh my god! You know? And so they had this giant. It was like twelve aside, eight fifties, and it literally, when they came out, you couldn't hear anything. It was so loud and it was just white noise. Like, oh my gosh! And, you know, I put my earplugs in. Yeah. And it probably brought it down to like ninety eight, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, and I could and it sounded great with mm-hmm. my earplugs in. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just a little older now, but I'm like, why do I want to try to enjoy something with my earplugs in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, to me. I that's mean, just I, the last I'd say for the last three years, every concert I've been to, I wear earplugs. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just it's so loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I try to I try to not do that. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you get the crowd yeah. louder. Than the actual, <laughs> that's like yeah. the band. Yeah. Quiet, quiet vocalists are not fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's like, I'll have because I always just have my in ears on the headphone out on the mm-hmm. console, so I can just like listen if like something sounds weird, but I can't quite ping it. I can just be like, well, it's not two five in the guitar, so it's got to be something else or whatever. And there have been times where I've monitored and I'm like, oh wow, like. I'm not even mixing like sold out shows or anything, but it's just like the audience is five decibels louder than the vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's when you, you, know, you try to bring the band down. So the audience yeah. would kind of calm themselves yeah. down a little bit too, but that's, so, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I want to know with 25 years, what's, what's one of like the craziest things that's happened at a live show that you've mixed at? <laughs> I get asked that all the time. Cause I know somebody told us that they were able to completely invert a speaker cone one time. Do you remember that story? I remember them bragging about it. Yeah. yeah. 
And, then, and you know I, who I mean, speaker cone they I inverted? It, oh, was it yours? Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, the, the story gets better. You want to hear the end of the story? <laughs> the we'll leave story? names out, but yes. Let's yeah. Do you want to hear the end of the story? You've really? told me, but yeah. Did I tell you? This was just last week. Oh, no. You it's the end of the story. Oh, no. The end of the story is the last end? week? Like it's, <laughs> it's been 20 years. Because I told Bob, I was like, yeah, he, he said once he admitted fault. And Bob was like, really? <laughs> No, the fault was not admitted because oh. the story was passed on to the next generation. Oh. The next generation I had in class, I set the record straight. <laughs> well, last week you did? Last week, <laughs> I set the record straight. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, don't get drunk and turn the PA up all the way. <laughs> Because it was because I got rid of those cabinets. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, we had just broken. They're gone now. Oh shit! But the drivers are still in there. And and then we were like, no, these weren't the original drivers. <laughs> the original ones. <laughs> these are not the original. These are the replacement drivers. You know, when somebody gets really, really drunk and they t- they turn up the PA all the way and they blame it on the cold, they said it's because it was cold because the amplifiers don't like to suck cold air. Now, Lynn, okay. I'm pretty sure so, they do. I think that's how they cold sure. air. What did we just get done talking about in, in class about heat dissipation? But things that produce heat, all this heat is the enemy, okay? Yeah. And when you have something out there in about 11 degrees and it's sucking the cold air, the amplifiers like that. You know what the speed? Speakers don't like heat. <laughs> the speakers don't like 130 when, dB SPL. When you, when you take the the fader and you turn it up so far that you turn your AC voltage on your amp to DC voltage, <laughs> and the speakers all of a sudden freeze on you. That's not that's what happens. And, and there's lots of alcohol involved. So I think we can say it here. The record has been set that, straight on our show. The record has been set straight. You heard it here first. You heard people. it here. Unless you were word. unless you were in the school class that heard it first. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so besides so. that moment, anything else that that's been just oh like those freak accidents, freak things that you're like, I don't know how this happened, but it happened. I'm oh pretty sure. Lord. While Bob's thinking, I went ghost hunting once, mm-hmm. and then the next day, the PA system I was working on, like nothing worked. Ooh. And I feel like I've had that. I feel I like remember, I just messed with some, yeah, some no, spirits. That, that's been, that, that, yeah. You're that, talking about the Majestic? No, this is another gig. Oh, another gig? Yeah. Oh, but I went ghost hunting in Gettysburg, like haunted, like, you know, did the whole, like, put the. Uh, yeah. The recorder out there and put the EMF detectors up and, and <laughs> try to stir some shit up. So I remember doing the the Celtic Festival with Shane and Dave, and I remember yep. when, we, when Shane flipped on the power day. conditioner, smoke <gasps> shot out of every single outlet on that thing, yeah. and me and Dave were just like, and Dave just go, I'm I'm like, what the hell? And Dave goes, Yeah, that's kind of what happens when you work with Shane. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, smoke will come out of some place that it never comes out of. Yeah. And then I think the we, get, we later on got it working. It was yeah. fine. And then later that day, the, the generator stopped working. Yep. So Dave had to go rewire a generator. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was it crazy. Was, it, it was a bad power. Uh, they just didn't give us enough power. Yeah. And yeah. that's what that was. That was a bad, that was a really, really tough Sometimes weekend. at Folky Fest, if the band's loud enough, you will see the... Uh, the traffic light above the intersection of the campground, like duck when the kick drum hits. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I had a guy light his socks on fire. <laughs> what? There was a band, they're a local band, and I'll never forget. 
I think Shane was actually mixing them. I was there, or was I mixing them? I can't remember. It was either me or Shane were mixing. I don't remember. But these guys came in, and the dude was like strewing flowers like all over the PA, and he put up like <laughs> these, these weird pictures of people. He just set them in front of the amplifiers. <laughs> Artsy, I like it. It was like really artsy and fartsy. And Bob's going, and I like, fucking I'm hate like, the I 90s. Hate, <laughs> I'm like, I hate you. And, he uh, sounds like his dad. Fucking hippies. <laughs> He's related to actually a, one of the, a, a co-worker that you and I work with. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Not in the podcast. Yeah, I figured that yeah. would be smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's actually like his nephew or cousin or something like that. Anyway, um, so he uh, they're playing, and, and it's the, the most weird, wacky shit you ever heard. Next thing you know, we're seeing smoke. <laughs> yeah, because I am short, and we'll get into that later sometimes i'm bob's high-end reference on, uh, <laughs> like seriously if he has to mix in the it. crowd yeah and, and and i'm like because the crowd is like that and see smoke next thing you, know, you see fire and this thing and th- and, and he threw it and i'm like <laughs> shane goes running up and stops and takes a picture or stops it i can't remember he took a picture of water and poured it on it and and, and immediately we shut the show down it was like shane's like get off the stage <laughs> I found out later, and it's this reeking smell came over to back to the front of the house. I'm like, "What is going on?" He's like, "Dude, lit his socks on fire, and inside, and then and then he started to catch the carpet on fire." Oh I'm like, God. "Bro, where was this at? Where, who started this? This has to be the Pike, right? It is. All right, this it, happened it at the Pike. Oh it's my God, we have so many stories at the Pike because I've been working in that room for I have been oh the damn God, I got so many stories from that place. I've been working that room ever since I started doing sound. So I've seen three iterations of the Pike, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really kind of funny that that, you know, I'm out there doing national acts, and I still come back to the fucking Pike. The Pike yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I mean, that's how it is. There's, like I've got Dwight Yoakam tomorrow. There's a you know, uh, and <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. come back to the, there's the a, Pike again. The Pike. You know? See some guy light his socks on fire. Uh, there's a musician. I think he's a drummer that I follow on Instagram. I forget who it was, but he posted. He's like sold out the forum last night, and now he's like, here's where I'm playing tonight, and it's a bar with like maybe 20 people in the audience, yeah. and no one's paying attention. And he's just like. This is how it is. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Got to be. We can't all multi, be in the stadium. Yeah. Although that's that for me. That's the end game. I, you yeah. know, it's constant. You know, yeah. that level for me. That's where I want. That's where I want to be. That's, well, I mean, I think about the, the studio the engineers game. that I look up to, and it's like, yeah, they're mixing a lot of my favorite records. But then I find that they're mixing just some local guys that sent them stuff, and it's sure. just like you do what you can because one, you love it, yep. and it pays the bills. Too, oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. And and you get to I've a point. I've worked big shows where I've been like, this is. A clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. And then I've worked with, you know, no people who only, you know, their only fans are people who know them by name. You mm-hmm. know, it's like their right. grandma on their hand. It's like, this yeah. is the most organized shit I've ever worked. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think you come to a point in, in your career where, and this is where I'm at, I think, where I don't have anything left. I mean, I, I don't have anything to prove, mm-hmm. you know, mm. I, I, I know my skill set. I know what I can do. I'm not threatened by somebody coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, it does. In fact, I want to impart. That's why you yeah. only hire people worse you. than you. <laughs> 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 
I'm not even looking at you right now because I can't. I can't concentrate. I was gonna come up with something nice and poignant and like really cool, but, but I was no. like, I, was, I see a compliment in the air and I spike it. Yeah, I just I, I want to just I want to give that information away because I think they, I think I feel like I need to. Yeah, you know, I've been through it. I've been there. It sucks. I don't want to go back to there, so I want to do everything I can to keep somebody else from having yeah. to go well, through I think that. Well, I mean, that, an know? underlying theme of our podcast now, because we're, we're doing the home recording series, and it's just like, yeah, there's knowledge to share, but it's just like, I just, I don't want to hear bad recordings. I don't like hearing like, one of your homies like really, they're like, we put yeah. an EP or CD out, CD out, and you, you pop it on, and you're like, this sounds Well, and awful. I think, you know, sharing information, it just improves it improves the overall. You it keeps know, you better too. Entertainment yeah. industry. You I know? can tell you right now from teaching, I learn more from teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, because all of a sudden, as you're going and you're teaching, and you're, or, or if I do a clinic, all of a sudden these ideas pop up that I haven't thought about, like from like since the basics. Yeah, one hundred and one. Like, oh and shit, like, this would be really cool. Oh, that's right, I forgot about this. And as I'm talking, it's like it's coming. And I'm remembering. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you, you gotta. You got to stick with the basics. So mm-hmm. You go back to your basics, you know, then you can always, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 just expand on that. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm going to be on a SD10, you mm-hmm. know, I better remember the basics from when I was on that Mackie console. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know that this cue is set here at this frequency, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's no different over mm-hmm. here on this console yeah i can get into the weeds with plugins and then like you know what we're doing it's gonna know, be fun like for us we were, but yeah yeah what it's it's fun but, but nobody uh, in the audience cares nobody in, in the audience yeah. gives a shit really yeah you know all they know is does it sound good can i hear the vote? i will when i'm there at the pike you know? i'll be like that ssl channel sounds like shit <laughs> <laughs> use the api that's because it's from big plugin <laughs> PA is better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have my Shadow Hills on the main bus. I have a message from Stephen Slate. He says you suck. <laughs> I know Stephen. Yes, I know. I did push-ups with Stephen. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, my mag, my mag EQ doesn't sound the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, because I would like a third-party plugin. Uh, you were so right with about the uh, the IT guys, man. The IT guys running our lives, and the it's like I said that before it. the show. I was like, I think the next genocide is going to be committed by computer programmers. So yeah. I'm like, AI, man, yeah. that's Matrix shit. Yeah, not I, even I'm that. No, not you, even that. We they're scorch, just we're going to scorch the sun. You know that. that but it's all yeah, we're going to scorch the sun. But the computer <laughs> programmers, they're just going to you know, it's like the thing with crypto and whatnot. Like they're going to build this world that we all have to follow along with, and they're going to control all of us. Like, huh, suck it. <laughs> yeah. I even got mad because there's uh someone tried to like run the amps and the console through like a network switcher. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that like I yes, it technically is just a cat five connection, yeah. but yeah. it's gotta be one to one, like back and forth. Yeah. And they're like, well, it technically works. I was like, it technically doesn't because <laughs> I'm getting thirty six error messages on my console per show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm plugging oh, in the shitty old Netgear router, so my iPad will work. Yeah, right. <laughs> Side tangent. Still Side bad. Tangent. It'll be fine. Do you have any more? Uh, did you have any more questions? I don't think so. We'll, we'll probably do a dedicated educational episode. Yeah. I think this well, I've, I've got maybe like two more. I can, right. um, I can talk all day. I had one. Do you have a piece of gear that you regret selling? Yes. Let me think about this. 
Because I know with musicians, we always like, damn it, I wish I wouldn't have sold that. I wish I wouldn't have sold that. Um, Um, I do. (sighs) I had a Les Paul that I regret selling. Yeah? Yeah, I regret selling my Les Paul. Um, It was a Les Paul Custom. Uh, When did I sell that? I know. <laughs> I had an original, an original Echoplex. Oh, the same one that was used on Eruption. Damn. Not the same one. Not, but, yeah, but yeah, like, but same yeah, same model. I had an original Echoplex, and I sold it for like twenty bucks. Oh my god! I didn't know. I had no idea. This was twenty. This is when I first started. Yeah. It's like this dude just came in and just dumped gear. Oh jeez. And. Yeah, I re- and it had the tape was still good. It still worked. <laughs> oh. Damn it, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that's that one. Hurt. Yeah, that, that one hurts now. The, yeah, you think that about it, you're like, now. oh shit. Yeah, that one hurts now. Fuck. Yeah. What's yours? I don't know if I'm really. I've gotten to that point yet. I don't know if okay. I have. Um, I had this. Uh, shit. Or even if it was I just had a, a piece of gear that you passed up on. Biggest gear related regret. No, if anything, I I regret selling my Ibanez bass that I had. And I had an Ibanez bass. It was, it wasn't anything great, but I got a certain G or something like that. Or uh, it was like it was, it was like a six string Ibanez bass, and it just Mm. had these pickups in it that weren't. I don't know what they were, but it just it had a certain sound to it that at the time I was like, well, I wanted, you know, I I got my end up getting a jazz bass. It was more versatile, but I'm just like, damn. But it had a sound to it that I'm just I miss, and I'm like, damn it. I don't know if I could ever get something like that back because it wasn't, it wasn't the stock stock stuff in it. So yeah. I have two. I had a weird Fender HSS Strat when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and this weird like green to blue to black like burst finish. Yeah. And I sold it to a band member so I could buy like a Firebird or something because it was like when I was getting like heavy into the Foo Fighters yeah, and I was so like, like Dave, oh, I have Dave Grohl plays a Firebird. So <laughs> when I sold that too. I kind of regret selling that, but yeah. I was in college and I wanted some drum stuff. Like I just needed Mm-hmm. 300 bucks or whatever. Uh, yeah. Biggest thing I passed up on is I helped someone with a, like, I was still a student at the time and I helped them something to do with broadcasting because they were a teacher and they're like, mm-hmm. well, the IT department's getting rid of all this stuff. And there was a 160 and I didn't have, I was like, oh, I don't have, a, I don't have a way. I didn't, man. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't have outboard capability. I wonder, I, I wonder, and I try to look back, I'm like, is there a time where I was offered gear that I didn't even know what it was, and so it's not imprinted in my brain, like yeah. I wouldn't have registered, like I could have had this or that, you I'm, know? I think I had some of those. Every yeah. time I see a 160A, I'm just like, oh, damn, I could have had that. You like that one over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it, Bob. <laughs> I did not pass up on that. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I Dave can't. is still after me to, to sell him that. The 160A? I have two of them. Uh, yeah, I want two of them. That's my thing. I want two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I when I originally bought those, I bought those for bass guitar and acoustic guitar. Yeah, that's just, what I that's what I bought those. Well, for. even the uh, like, but it Alan, turns out they're like my favorite outboard vocal. Compressor they're good on like ever. everything, man. Yeah, Does, I've heard them on one of my favorite engineers. Use, use he uh, runs kick and snare right into one of them when he tracks. When you hear, yeah, absolutely. When you hear me mix like on hell. the uh, SQ, I'm pointing at it like it's still set up. Yeah, yeah. I use their one sixty. I thought I saw their one sixty eight. Sounds great. How about yeah. it? I'll do that. Um, I. The last couple shows I've mixed where I've had the option, I do like the mighty compressor on the kick drum. I still Just use the that. Mighty That's touch. pretty cool. Yeah, but no, I still that use that one. That 160A, I'll run 
I use that on vocals. Like that's my go to. Yep. I use the mm-hmm. Bob. I call. I I showed you. On yeah, the Bob setting. setting. The Bob setting. Negative setting. Negative thirty on the threshold. Yeah, it's I generally one point seven on the ratio, and then and just somewhere re- between plus seven and plus ten on the output. Yep, just game. regain, just regain it, and it it puts this thing. I'm telling you, and mm-hmm. I, you know how I came I came about that by accident. I had a, a little home studio in. Uh, There's it, one. It doesn't work great on the VI compressors. I don't know why. But that's really? the only console where I can't get that compression that ratio sounds, and setting to work. Yeah, and it's a color too. Yeah, there's a color to it. Now, just on the um, on the VI consoles, I I can't get that. Like on on the UI on the little tablet like wireless mixer, mm-hmm. when we when I mix Nick with that thing, that's the setting I use. Yep. But for whatever reason, on the VI, I can't get. If, is can, this just the DBX that you're talking about, or is this no, for like no, any, any, for, any VCA? Like any, any compressor. Any, any compressor, you can turn it into a really smacking VCA compressor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, you, when, you do, when you do this, I mean, other than LA 2A. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the first thing I'll do, I know it sounds really stupid. It's, I came about, it was an accident, a pure mm-hmm. accident. Had this girl in the studio. She had horrific mic technique. Mm-hmm. And she was all over the place doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. And I just could not find it. You yeah. know, when you're just trying to find it and you're chasing, you yeah. just can't. Finally, I, I had, um, uh, I have a bunch of uh, DBX 1066s. Mm-hmm. And I slapped that in there and I just started. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And I was like, I took that threshold down to negative. It was like negative 30. Uh, or, or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. the, basically, I turned the knob all the way to yeah. the left. You know, I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Screw your rules. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, this is stupid because it was like sitting around four to one. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know what? If I'm going to do that, I better lighten up on the ratio. Yeah. So I lightened up on the ratio. It was like one point two or one point five to one. Yeah. And then super super fast attack, super mm-hmm. fast release, or yeah, yeah super fast release. Are you fast attack, fast release with that? Or I'm sorry, super slow release. Yeah, fast attack, slow release, and and which which took the signal went right, just, yeah, and just slammed it into the ground. So I used the output mm-hmm. and just cranked it all the way up. And but I was like, yeah, it's such a low enough ratio that it doesn't sound compressed. Yeah, it just, like, but yeah. it just smooths and out. I was like, it, it just all it really does is it just like even if you're talking into the side of the mic, it makes it, it sound like you're talking same. right on. Uh, that's yeah, crazy. yeah, it yeah. was really nuts. And but it also with with the with the sound it added this quality. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 definitely it colored it. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna lie and say it didn't color it. Yeah. It's but it's a coloration that is really pleasing, like very pleasing. It's to the point where yeah. you can pop the EQ out, mm-hmm. and it's almost. I hate to even say this because there's going to be audio people out here mm-hmm. hearing this. I it's almost like a high pass filters itself huh and i think it's just because it it's, it compresses it just, the plosive down yeah okay. it, it, it takes yeah. that 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 low end mm-hmm. and just it just squashes it it just kills it and i've run I, i've i've literally run that setting flat on mm-hmm. it, even well, i know what i'm doing when i get home talking now of, yeah well, <laughs> live, uh, it's know, my if you fired up my scene like my compression yeah, ratios or that there. yeah it's yeah. it's basically that on the the 160A. Yeah. Do you have it saved as Bob's? No, but no. we should. Well, I think that's what I'm going to do when I create mine. Somewhere, yeah. It, uh, but, uh, but just from doing a lot of different scenarios, yeah. 
like, even corporate. The it cool works thing great is, at yeah. corporate because yeah. you get this person. Oh, yeah, you, get, you got this guy down here. You got somebody going like this. Then, 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 then. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of, because of the what the attack and the release... Mm-hmm. And the and, yeah. and the ratio itself, and you're re and you're taking that gain, and you're just putting it back in there. Mm-hmm. You're adding a lot to that. that yeah, but it's still a hell of a stage. It's a, to that gentle enough compression that the vocal's still above the noise floor. Yeah, okay. so you're not going to get as much like it feedback. It sounds like this it. radio it's quality. Crazy. That without, That's awesome. Without the uh, proximity effect. Mm-hmm. But then the cool thing is, is that um, I I do this now um, when I gate a vocal live, where you can put. Um, like the side chain, like high pass filter on it. Mm-hmm. So I'll take all the high end out. So it's not like a cymbal or a guitar that's triggering the gate. Cause the vocal is going to get up there and there's still going to be proximity effect yeah. cause that's how the mic works. Yeah. So I'll, you know, you can put that compressor setting on there, but then you can trigger your gate, your vocal gate to be open just with vocal proximity effect. Oh, that's it, cool. Yeah. Cause if you EQ all that out, then it's still a little dicey depending mm-hmm. on where your gate is in the chain. So that's, that's cool. a fun setting. Yeah. Yep. Nerd stuff. So, uh, no, it is I a guess... really fast release. It is a really fast. <laughs> is it fast? fast? Re- Maybe that's yeah. where no, I'm it fucking is up a with fa- it. I'm sitting there and saying, like, wait a second. No, it's a fa- <laughs> what am I talking? No, it is so a it's fa- fast. So it's fast attack, fast attack, fast release. Okay. So it's yeah, just it's, pop, it's pop, like pop, <laughs> catching it. That could be where I'm going wrong yeah. with it then. Yeah, yeah. It's fast attack, fast release. I just remember it, when I first. <laughs> See, because logic. <laughs> turned it all. Because <laughs> like, logically, I thought it would be slow release, so it's always in that. That could be where I'm messing it up. Yeah. It's a real fast release. It's about as fast as you can get. Literally, you know? just turn just it all the way. Okay. If you're going to turn it left, turn it left. Right. That's cool. Because, <laughs> you know, like with kick drum, you want a slow attack, fast release. Yeah, to bring up the tail. To bring yeah. up the, That's so, a shirt, too. If you're so, going to turn yeah. it left, turn it left. Yeah, or as we're looking at the camera, it would look like. Wait. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> looks, like, looks like that. <laughs> we'll put. A, I'll take a picture and I'll throw yeah. up the Bob's. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's like, oh crossover. So besides always turning it to the left, do you have any advice for any aspiring engineers out there? Oh, just keep doing what you're doing. It mm-hmm. will happen. Yeah. Like seriously, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. I can't say that enough. Pick uh, a lane, pick man. Pick a lane and stay in it. Seriously. See. Um, you know, and ask questions. There, there are no heroes out there. Mm-hmm. They're all and nerds. This, they all I like, like that. Tell. I like that. Yeah. I like, there are no heroes out there. There are no there. heroes like out there. Seriously. Even the heroes that are out there are asking questions. Yeah. You know? Um, they had some of the... the who was it? Uh, I talked to... Uh, um, well, they call him Snake. He's uh, front of house for... Uh, what was this country guy, uh, Luke Bryant? I think more audience. Uh, I think we need to make it a part of the community that we all get cool nicknames. I want a cool nickname. I feel like I, 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 have be. One. I think it was Luke Bryant's engineer, or, or, or one of the one of the big country guys. And anyway, he I, I worked with him a couple of times, mm-hmm. and he asked me. We were there was a it was a few years ago. He had PM five D, and he's like, I can't get this to do this. Mm-hmm. He's like, What's your suggestion? I'm like, bro, you're the one that's <laughs> mixing. <laughs> why are you asking the me? A level guy. Yeah, why are you asking me? Me as a you know as a systems engineer, and I, I told him I said, you know what I would do? I says here what here's what I would do, because he was having problems with the guitar, mm-hmm. just really getting it to to sound a, a little bigger. You yeah. know, he says I've tried this, I've tried that. I, tried that. I said I said tell you what, do you have a 57? And uh, he's like, yeah. So we got a 57. I put 
257. The guy had like an AC30. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is perfect fodder for that. So, so one of my old tricks from way back in the ADAT days, uh, which is still a lot of people use, yeah. is is you. It, it, it's called track slipping. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is before you guys. It's called, yeah, I'm interesting. Yeah, it's called yeah. track slipping. I'm interested. Okay. And what you did was you basically delayed one track. You oh. had two microphones yep. in, you delay one track. Mm-hmm. And it, it was called track slipping. Okay. Right? And that was back in the days of ADAT tape. It looked like a VCR tape. Yeah. You know? Um, and then they brought them on board with the HD24 and all that stuff is still called slip. So you could delay that by a certain number of milliseconds. Now, what happens is, is when you delay that a certain number of milliseconds, you can't have those pan knobs straight up. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Left you know and right. You know what it's going to do? It'll phase out. Yeah. It'll completely cancel out. So if you do them left and right, hard pan it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so, and, and and the most I've ever done it was 33.3 just to get an effect right um but usually like what 12 i like about 15 16 Mm -hmm. and that's what i did i we we went on the because the pm5d was one of the very few consoles that you could delay the per channel oh that's cool you could delay the preamp or maybe no you could delay the whole channel yeah you could delay yeah you could delay the whole channel back then Mm -hmm. and so i we did that and i delayed i told him i said make sure you hard pan these guys I said, and delay it by about 20 milliseconds. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And all of a sudden, it sounds like there's two people playing. Yeah. But oh, that's they're, super cool. They're completely in sync. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like they're, there's yeah. three people playing. So He said in sync, and I almost started singing Backstreet oh Boys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Backstreet. Nope, wrong band. So, so, that, so even this guy who's a big touring engineer. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, like like three months after I'm like, I'm sitting on the toilet mm-hmm. reading live pro sound <laughs> stuff, and there's Snake in yeah. there and there's he's like talking about stuff. And you know, That's, that's cool. so cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, know? always trying to learn it. You never know when it'll save you because there's a live sound podcast that I'm super into. Um, Is it I this go- one? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, li- I listen to all the episodes uh, multiple times, actually. Uh, no. I learned so much. I How listen to our stuff S- and I'm like, that's actually a really good point. Do you listen back? <laughs> How does like, my KSM8 sound? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, pretty good. I'll listen back. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I sound. I should write that down. Yeah. Um, no, I was listening to a, a podcast and the guy was on tour with uh, it was a scenario where like the crowd is 10 to 15 dB louder than the, the front person of the act he was touring with. And he was like, I need to get the vocal up. Uh, and he said, try a trick where you send it to a chorus, but you don't modulate it at all. And then bring the effect up because the signal's different, so it won't feed back as much because it's not going to the monitors. I listened to that episode on like a, a Wednesday, and then that Friday I'm mixing a gig where I'm like, I can't. I have to try this. <laughs> I can't. No, it wasn't even uh, I need to try this. It was just like, it was in older performer so their voice doesn't project as much but they needed themselves louder in the monitor and if i boosted their mic their dry mic anymore when they did the musical bits of the act it was going to feed back i was like the volume was fine when he was talking and doing the like comedy part of the of the thing but when the band played and he did like the musical number jokes it was like it got buried and the band wasn't loud so i tried that and i was like motherfucker (laughs) yeah it was just no Okay, so here, right here is is, is uh, example into action. I've never heard of that. I'm going to try that. Yeah. I just learned something. Yeah, it was crazy. I've been doing this for 25 years. Did I not text you about how excited <laughs> I was that that worked? Oh, I'm sorry. 
I thought I did. No. Well, Son of a bitch. I texted you, I think. I'm pretty sure you texted I think me. I, I was like, this you. sounds really familiar. <laughs> I think I showed you like the effect. And I, then, look, yeah. I look nothing like Phoenix. It was a chorus, <laughs> and there was no modulation. There was no like rate or it's, anything. It makes sense because you're adding an extra stage of gain in there. Yeah. Makes, that makes perfect because sense. Because the, the signal's processed, and it's not different. I wouldn't do it for a talking voice. Like it would, you know, it would do the head tilt thing. Well, because I mean, the, the the chorus, it's a stereo chorus, and if you got yeah. left and right, you're. But in the mix, when the band was playing, no one could tell, yeah. and it got the vocal just nudged out in front. It was in, so yeah. If you're ever mixing a show where you can't get the vocals out in front, instead of just like boosting dangerous frequency ranges, just try that. I wish I would have done that when I was mixing the Motown bunch back <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old Motown guys they're, they're, they, I think we carried one of them off in a coffin oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I could they, they, they had all gotten out so this is okay so you want to talk so here I am mixing you know these legendary Motown guys and the one guy who it's was like sick. really high that he mm-hmm. or the, well he, he, he had the real high voice that mm-hmm. I yeah, dreaming. We've all heard that. Mm-hmm. What was that dude? Okay, and he was singing that part. I'm like, okay, this is a this is like a real poignant thing. I'm like, this is a legendary thing that everybody's heard. Yeah, I'm mixing, and I can't get this guy up over the band anywhere. <laughs> I can't. I turns out he was so he was really sick. Didn't tell anybody. Oh it was the one. He had it. He was the one that was sick, and yeah. he had it. He had the bad one. He had the bad one. He had the bad one. The big C. Ah, the, uh, big, the yeah, big C. He had the vid. Oh yeah. damn! And because they changed mics, there was four mics up, and they changed mics like every other song. They're walking uh, around. Guess who all got sick? Oh. Not us. Not us. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> but you, hey, you got. Remember when I said that it was like I was all hyped up on the biodynamic mic that yeah. I bought, and you're like, "How do you like it live?" I was like, "I haven't got to use it, but Bob did." It was the show we got to mute, oh, use my it God. for. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So oh, yeah, man. yeah, snare drum sounded great. <laughs> snare sounded great. The voice not so much. Does it not just capture a weird puff of air off the drum head? It does. Oh yeah, you've recorded with it. Yeah, now I have. It sounds yeah. great. It does. It's it does. Awesome. It yeah. yeah. No, that sound, it sounded great. I didn't use I barely I think I used the only processing use I just used a little bit of EQ to shape it in the mix. Sh- yeah, I didn't even yeah. really shape it. I just, you know, I just had to, you know, because make the sp- shaping is in like making space for other things. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like and I didn't I don't remember doing anything drastic. And just a little, just a just a touch of compression, just enough to just to, just to yeah. bap it, and maybe make it a little more fat. And I, that's love, about I love it, that microphone you know? yeah, so much. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I was really, I was really pleased. Sweet. So. All right. So, anything else? Playlist time. Playlist time. Yeah. All right. We end every episode where every person talks about the five five songs that they're feeling today. Five songs I'm feeling today. Yeah. Oh, I, I got All right. it. So I yeah, go, you yeah. kick it off first. All right. So go to YouTube. Nathan Rinaldi. <laughs> he wrote a song called PEMDAS. I know this one. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard this the one. PEMDAS song. Mm-hmm. I'll put this in the description. I literally just listened to that this morning. Mm-hmm. Like and for actually, the first time? No. Okay. Oh, my gosh. No, no. That, that, no. He's making fun of his older brother. <laughs> so the story, the, yeah. And, and so, yeah. So there's that one. Uh, we'll, let, we'll go around the table. Yeah. So. Oh, you go first. I wasn't prepared for this. I thought we were just having Bob make the playlist. No, all right, I'm making the playlist. Uh, okay, no, so all right, are. let me think about something then. Okay, uh, 
Hold release by uh, crap with it. Palm Reader. Hold release You've by Palm Reader. That album. I've been all about that album. That whole that album is really. I'm obsessed with it. They're a great band. I'm gonna go uh, Black Me Out by Against Me. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I might be going. They did a collab with a brewery called Champion out of Virginia, and I'm trying to go there for my birthday. Ooh. I don't think they make I was going to say, I want to go see it against me. Can I add one again? Oh, yeah. Everybody gets five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You're next. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, Now I understand the game. Yeah. (laughs) Drink. I I understand the assignment. (laughs) Yeah, we're going. (laughs) The assignment. So that was round one. (laughs) That was round one. Okay, so round two. We drink three beers every round. So let's go. They're right over there. Um, I'm gonna say physical education by animals as leaders. Oh, sick 808 hell in there. yeah! Um, I was just uh, I was looking at the video when we were out at Nam in uh, 2020, uh, right before everything shut down, mm. and we just walked out. I had a bunch of business meetings, um, and uh, I walked out. And I was tired. Nathan was already out there hanging out with Herman Lee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're just hanging out, yeah. watching this concert, and they're talking guitars and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like. Child, you, you, you know how much you suck right now. <laughs> and I walked out there, and there's freaking animals as leaders playing. And I'm just like, this is it. awesome. They're just dead. And they did this bass drop on that mm-hmm. song. Literally, you could. It, it's on the video. We took mm-hmm. took a video of it. You can see the whole crowd go, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I bet it nailed like it that. Nailed everybody. Oh, like man. it just it literally nailed everybody. So so I, I I just listened to that. Not it's like yesterday. Hell yeah. Uh, Love is Selfish by Jack White. This is his latest single. I might have brought it up before. You've brought it up, yeah. But uh, yeah, I want to do like a dive into that with you sometime. I think a lot of it's recorded with the Ruben mics. Um, okay. There's this real vintage sound to it that I just, I haven't heard on anything other than, you know, old 70s records. I'm just like, it's awesome. His voice has this like, I don't know what mic they use, but there's this just, this filter over it that it's like, it's not, doesn't really cut through. But with his voice, it's just, it's incredible Perfect. the way yeah. it sits there. Uh, it's a good it's, tune. I yeah. like the the simplicity of the engine. That's, That's actually might be Nick and I had a meeting last night about mm-hmm. like the album timeline. Yeah. And that might be on my reference playlist for do like it. There's a, the, the production of it. The choice of not having the full drums just to yeah. kick the the hi hat and then the ride yeah, in there. It's a, the, the production is like amazing. The lo-fi, the lo-fi drums that real natural. Yeah, it, but it's, it's not even like a yeah. it's not even like a drum part. Like there's a kick drum pulse to it and yeah. then there's like some ride parts yeah, but it's, yeah, not, it's, it's like not very really, minimal it's not really a groove it's kind of just you feel it under there it it's just pushes a little bit of movement to the yeah, chorus it's like a, right. more of an arrange it's like it's more of an arrangement than a groove if that makes sense yeah okay no I, I think it's, it's that cool. whole song like the song by itself is just great and then yeah. the production and the engineering is like whoa man it just takes to another level yeah hmm. uh, I rocked some Foo Fighters on the way over so yeah. I will go Something from nothing off of Sonic Highways. Ooh, they I recorded it. that at uh, Steve Albini's studio. Steve oh, Albini, Steve oh, Albini, yeah. often referenced on the podcast. Oh my god! Wish oh, I could yeah. say friend of the podcast, but one day one we'll day. hang out with him. I want to meet him so bad. Steve, your mixes of the Nirvana album were better. It's true. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. Nirvana. Bob would have hated it. Either yeah, Bob would have hated, hated it either way. Either way, we yeah. won't ask Bob to be on the show when uh, Steve comes. <laughs> oh no, he, I mean he's done other things, you know, like uh, the Foo Fighters. Yeah, the Foo Fighters. All right, you're up again. Okay, uh, I'm definitely, definitely going to go old school, uh, Cashmere. Ooh. I have been studying Led, Ze- uh, Led Zeppelin drum sounds. Yeah. Like crazy lately. I've been really, really, really studying that. Uh, like, what did they do? When you put it up against 
modern day production techniques, yeah, things hit hard mm -hmm. now. They really hit you hard in the face. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the way they did Bonham's set in the studio. Yeah. I know what the common denominator is. I know what the missing element is. John Bonham. You're missing John Bonham <laughs> yeah, from the equation. Yeah. John, yeah, I can, yeah. I feel like you can put up two microphones in the Glenn and, John text uh, yeah, technique. Yeah, and it's going to still... I feel like you yeah. can get the tones. I feel like you're the missing tones the tones are there, and there's something thunderous, even mm -hmm. with the way that they recorded. The, it was a lot less production-heavy mm -hmm. than what... Yeah. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot less production Let's. It's what I've been. I've been doing on this thing lately. You got to let the air into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I've been in this. It's like the last few times I've been working with people. On you yeah. Let the on, air into the mic. On and studio I think that's stuff. What they I'm did. not low passing a lot yeah. these days. No, you got to let it. If you're yeah. going to do studio live, yeah, you can't. You know, do that. Oh, live vocals are getting low pass at like 11k. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> live, but there's no in high studio end in my because mixes. it's a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know. Yeah. Let the air in. Yeah, twelve K is bad. Breathe. Just do a little. Let it do its thing. So, so for John Bonham, going back and listening to those things and the way he played and the way the the the, the drums that those old Ludwig drums. Yeah. There's just something. There's it's this sauce that nobody has created mm -hmm. since they've tried. Yeah. Can't do it. Might have just been a moment in time. You know. Yeah, yeah. But cashmere, and I just like the way that. Uh, I don't know, I like the way they threw that phase on there. That we should yeah. uh, we should make a mini documentary yeah. in search of the uh, the bottom sound. And we yeah. do like a whole thing where we uh, almost get to the where brink we, of madness. We bankrupt yeah. ourselves. We bankrupt ourselves and our lives just here in this in this warehouse for the next six months trying to recreate those right? drum sounds. <laughs> My next pick is going to go the opposite way, though. Yeah. I, I can tell you that right now. Uh, I got one, actually. So... Um, one of Corey Wong's groups, uh, the Fearless Flyers, they came out with a new single recently, Patrol Acrobatique. It's just a really fun little funk jam. Uh, mm -hmm. I really like the tones on it. Um, it's it's just a good groove, just fun. I don't have a lot to say. Just put it on. You'll be like, yep, this is a good good song. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, my third pick is a song called Survivor by Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Uh, I saw them open up for Tyler Childers and Willie Nelson back in the fall. Ooh. And they are just a fun band. Uh, they have a horn section, which I'm into. I, I like, I like mixing horn sections. You should join a ska band. In though. with rock. I, my favorite band to mix in the area is a ska band. Hey. Oh, I'm, I'm good at mixing horn band. That's my dude. I tower power stuff. That's I, hell yeah. as a front of house engineer or even as a musician, I either want to be in a trio or I want to be in a band that has like six horn players. It's hell yeah. It's just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to you, Bob. All right. Um, uh, um, Oh gosh, <laughs> that went, out, went out my brain. Um, uh, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. ACDC. Yeah. Mutt Lang's snare drum is the best you will ever find. Meticulous. Other than, other than Alex Van Halen's snare drum, mm -hmm. I think that's the, the one of the best you're ever going to find. Uh, I always go back to to let the air in. If you listen to any of Mutt Lang's stuff, uh, there is space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There even in the guitars. I mean A C D C guitars, you can't get any more rock and roll than that, yeah. right? But Left, right, and an enforcer track in the middle. There is a I mean, lot when you of think about guitars, you hear bam, bam, 
Yeah, I mean that's what you think of when you think about guitar. Yeah, yeah. But there, but with that song, it starts off just how you know you turn the guitar down and just kind of let it feed into itself. That's how that started, and it's like, and it just comes in. And the space never leaves. Yeah. Well, we talk about you know this because Phoenix and I have, I wouldn't say drastically different mix approaches. We did a couple years I mean, ago. We did a couple years ago, but not so much um, anymore. And the stuff that I dig on, like I don't like quad track guitars or right. anything. You know, I will usually double mic stuff when I record it. So then I have bright mic, dark mic, mm-hmm. and depending on the part of the song, then I don't have to automate an EQ. I can just automate a fader. Right. But I like left, right, and then maybe like a darker, like a deeper track, mm-hmm. right. but I like left, right, two mics, and then an enforcer track in the middle. And that mm-hmm. seems to get, you, get yeah. you where you want to be. Yeah, That's what I dig. Hell yeah. yeah. My next pick is uh, actually thank you to one of my uh, one of my students because they were had to, had to learn this song. Uh, Somebody to Shove by Soul Asylum. That's been my jam. <laughs> I put that record on. I hadn't listened to it in a while. I'm like, damn, such a good band, such a good record. But it's the first track off of that album. What album is it actually? Um, it is Grave Dancers Union, 1992. So. Stuff yeah. that Bob hates. <laughs> I, as soon as you said her soul song, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Adam now takes it out of the 90s or not. Maybe keeps it I don't there. know. Uh, I got to pick just because I'm going to go see Tool in like yeah. two weeks. Is it really only two weeks from now? Yeah. Damn. I am uh, much excited. So I feel like much as excite. much excite. I, and as always, I got to throw something by Tool on the playlist. Trying to pick a song that I haven't. Uh, I cheated and I looked up the playlists, or not the playlist, but the set lists. Mm-hmm. And uh, if everything should line up in order, they will be playing The Pot live. So Ooh. my pick is The Pot by ah, Tool. That's going to be great. All right, Bob, it is back to you. For okay, I had to look at it because I couldn't remember. That's fine. We have to do this all it. the time. Um, so SMV, Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller. Victor ooh, Wooten. Ooh, hell yeah. Um, that, uh, the uh, opening track. I couldn't remember. It's called uh, Maestros de las Frecuencias Bajas, which is Masters of the Bass Frequency. I will. It's, I'm glad we recorded this because I'm going to have to yeah, <laughs> re-listen yeah, to that. It's, it's <laughs> You're like, what is it? That would have been one of my bucket list items. If I were ever, I always dreamed of, I want to mix front of house. And I had the whole scenario. It, the whole production, mm-hmm. with these guys coming out doing the thing mm-hmm. as the song rolls. You ever do that? You just kind of because I so when I'm doing, you know, I do some windshield time, you know. Uh-huh. And as I'm listening, <laughs> as I'm thinking of how it starts off, you know, this thing, it's like this big, you know, roll thing, little thing, <laughs> and it goes to this fox, and I always, I love that. And mm-hmm. I remember Nathan and I used to listen to it when he was little. He called it the funky stuff. The funky <laughs> stuff. Dad, I want to listen to funky stuff, you know. Um, but, Love it. But that is one of my favorite tracks uh, that I would say that, yeah, listen to that. SMV. And then SMV. the next track is kind of cool, too. It's kind of like a slow groove thing. Hell, yeah. So I'll nice. put that on. Uh, my last pick is Hey Ma by Bon Iver. I've been, uh, oh I've just, yeah, I really enjoy Bon Iver. Where album's I, that on? Uh, that's on I. I. <laughs> yeah, all the all the hipsters. Uh, it's a Bon Bon. I don't know much about the fandom. I just like I know their bon sound. Scott. I like their soundscapes. <laughs> uh, his first I just, album is 
Awesome. I, uh, I just, it's actually uh, not, uh, I always thought it was one person. It's, it's a band. The band is called Bon Iver, I think. I think the first. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think, I it, think yeah. that's the name of the group, but I think the first album's just him. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Regardless, him, uh, I, I mean, that whole album, all those albums, love the soundscapes. Yeah. I, it almost like, I feel like their songwriting is not very like formulaic in yeah. that it's like, Oh, a B a B it's just these snippets of really interesting sounds and melodies for two and a half minutes. And then you're on to the next one. And it's all just these little moments mm, in time. That's in really the mood, cool. But when I'm in the mood, it yeah. is, it hits. They're like these, the, just these little grooves. I, I wouldn't even call them songs and not as like a knock, not saying like, this isn't real songs. It's just it's almost like a scene. Yeah. It's less yeah, of a yeah. song it's, and more of a scene. scene yeah. in the exactly. Album. Yeah. It, it's really bizarre. And I love it. You so. have to, yeah. I have to be in the right headspace, but when I'm yeah. there, it's, it's awesome. All right. Uh, my fifth pick, I'm going to go all yorn by Tyler Childers. Um, Let me some Childers. Of that set, his live set was so ridiculously good. Mm. Like I wanted to walk down there in an area I was not permitted to be in because of my ticket and just kiss his front of house guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want to play bass for him. Um, I want to play bass for him. Tyler, if you're out the, there, yeah. let me play bass for you. The musicianship was great. The tones were on. The dude, you could tell he was having fun Like with all of his automated delays throughout the set. Yeah. And he does something that I dig is he left his overheads basically wide open compression wise. Nice. Like yeah. they were probably just high pass and tucked in. Like it, I always use a compander on my overheads. Okay. Cool. How, Compression how, expander. Yeah. I've been messing kinda, around with it, that. Because what happens how is do? It, it just kind of, it, it, it sets that level, but then it kind of, it's kind of moves. Mm-hmm. It moves with, with the drum kit. Okay. Yeah. So, I've been so, trying to get that out of my overheads. Yeah, I just don't Yeah. Know. It just kind of moves with the drum head. It, okay, next time you're on a CL5 or anything uh-huh. like that, or, or yeah, even, yeah, I think even M7 has it. Do there, uh, what? There's, it's in there. What plugins would have a compander? You can get it through SS. You can probably make it work. Okay, the SSL uh-huh. plugin. With the with the onboard compressor and expander and the expander. Hmm. Okay, so what are your All like? On there. Oh, geez, it depends. I, mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate this game. We did eight episodes, game. episodes <laughs> of it. Depends. <laughs> we did eight episodes <laughs> of it. Depends. That's what we should change the series name to. Not home recording. Just happens, it depends. What happens is they're hitting the they're hitting the toms. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, 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 or they're playing the regular thing and it's leaving that open. The air is open with the expander. Yeah. So it's leaving that air open. Mm-hmm. So you're with kind of just going, going okay. in over time. It's evening up the, it's evening up see the, your brain the, uh, going, the, um, I'm, I'm uh, like the overtones that are happening right, right. above. Yeah. So that compressor is evening out those overtones. Right. Mm-hmm. And your expander is not really kicking in yet until it hits a crash. Huh? Okay, so when it hits a crash, guess what happens? It's all it, it's gonna it, it lifts. It lifts. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I learned shit today right. too. Yeah. So I've been doing I know this is gonna be a good one to I keep would, referencing I mean, back yeah. to what was that again? I've been doing that for years. And I find I mean yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you hear what the drums, you know, what what yeah. you know those overheads do. And I, I rely on a lot of overheads in my drum mixes. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, and I find that that really, especially if you use a large cap condenser, you can really hear it mm-hmm. live. I like small cap condensers. Yeah. I always like the small, like 81s, C451s are my favorite overheads. Mm-hmm. Um, just because 
you got a lot of shit rolling around in there, you know. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, if you're in a small covered area, that's even more. A lot of times, I won't even use. I won't use hi hat mics unless I know that the drummer mm-hmm. is coming in with a set of in ears. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you need a hi hat mic? You don't. Yeah. Because that's that's you coming, get it from your overhead. You get yeah. it from your overheads mm-hmm. with that com- compander. I used thing. to be so anti hi hat mic, as you know. I yeah. also don't like where it's pinned, but this is a discussion for another day. <laughs> um, on the stage, it makes sense. I don't like having it in, right after the snare on the console. It mm-hmm. kind of throws. I feel That's like it throws weird. off yeah. the ergonomics of the drum mix. I know but what you mean. It's a it's a hot button issue. Um, <laughs> but I used to be anti hi hat mic, and then I someone smarter than me said, "Well, if you think about it, the hi hat's the most played drum on the stage." And then I heard it's that the most shrill. I heard that sentence, <laughs> and I went, "Motherfucker, motherfucker." <laughs> That should be another uh, another series we do. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. It'll sell. So I'm wanna we wanna wrap it up here? Yeah. yeah I gotta go home and play with some companders yeah. now. Yeah. Thank you, Bob, for being on the yeah. show. You're welcome. Thanks Thank for you. this is really really me. awesome. Yeah. Come back. Yeah, okay. we'll actually, we, if you don't. we'd have to come back, but let yeah, us come back. Come to, come, back. <laughs> come to me, my children. Come to me. The power within. Anything power to plug? Within. Any pluggables? Any pluggables? Yeah. Like how? Like like you know NL8s, NL4s. <laughs> you're gonna gag me. With. I got lots of those. Uh, I got something pimp, you could plug. Pimp your happenings. Pimp my happenings. Uh, well, we've got uh, Dwight Yoakam tomorrow. Uh, I'm doing Travis Tritt, Ronnie Millsap. Uh, all right, pimp your happenings and be aware that this might not come out till like May. Oh, okay. Well, all, right, <laughs> well, that gets, all of those things are going to be done and over with. Uh, if you we were there, have, great. We're just having, we have a lot of festivals. One of my favorite bands, I'm going to get to mix here in August. Ooh. One of my absolute favorite bands. Always wanted to mix them. You know, and like I said, I've been out do, doing this for a long time, and, and I never got a chance to mix this local super group, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Oh, I saw that awesome. on the schedule, yeah. That's great. And I am beside myself. You're I, I front of house this, for that. Yeah, nice. I'm, That's gonna be fun. I am. I'm gonna put in all. It's. It's. I find, To me, it's a cathartic thing because mm-hmm. way back when, when they started, mm-hmm. I was just starting. Yeah. And listening to their front of house guy and asking him questions and learning mm-hmm. and not knowing anything, mm-hmm. like literally not knowing what's going on. And then coming back full circle. Yeah. Was he and, the uh, guy that hipped you to the 250 millis- millisecond delay on the vocal? No. Wow. No. Live vocal, if you can't get your delay to set in, don't use a musical subdivision. 250. 250. 250. No. It's awesome. Yeah. I can tell you who that is, though. That was my friend Carl. He uh-huh. is down in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Sound. Why didn't we ever get any good Baltimore Sound guys? All the Baltimore Sound guys. That's where I I learned Mm -hmm. a lot from the Baltimore Sound guys. Mm -hmm. Those Baltimore guys, they had it going on. My friend Keith, um, uh, uh, what was uh, uh, Jamie Rafen, who is the the guy of the 930 Club now, Mm -hmm. I think. I don't Mm -hmm. know where he is. I don't know where you are, Jamie. Uh, Shout out, Jamie. um, And uh, that's who I learned from. uh, another guy, he actually, he actually passed away. Once again, uh, he was uh, Snoop Dogg's guy. Damn. Uh, he got run over on Route 50. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He was getting a car trouble. And that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Uh, uh, Jeff Kaplan. Uh, I learned so much from listening to him mix. Just in, in the clubs. Mm, yeah. You know? And, and that, um, yeah, just listening to those guys and asking questions. You know, 
But ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't ask be afraid to all ask. sound pros. Oh my gosh. They will do sound for you. That's yeah. one thing. You talk about, you know, what can I impart upon engineers? There's so much ego in this business. Tons of ego. If you don't walk in and act like you know what you're doing, you know, but I'm not going to ask anybody, mm-hmm. you know. No, dude. That's how you screw ask, yourself. Yeah. Ask. You got to ask, you know. Put your mm-hmm. ego aside and ask. Yeah. You know, because you know what's going to happen? You'll be the guy with more knowledge than the guy over there. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to ask. You got to ask. And you got to say yes. Mm-hmm. Say yes and ask. Yeah. Or unless say yes you, first, ask questions Unless later. they ask if they can have hi-hat in their monitor. Then, then you, you say, say no. No, <laughs> actually, we said yes. Yeah. That was just this last weekend. And it created this horrible sound through. We could not pinpoint it. Turns out the monitor guy, he was like, oh, my gosh. And we did it at the same time. Because I was playing, I was uh, a system engineer for this thing. Event. This event. Yes, dude starts hitting a hi hat during the show. He said it's just starting with a thing. And I'm here, this this pointy and this swirly thing. And it's like, that's what we've been looking for this whole time. I said, dude, your hi-hat, it's getting ready to take off. I said, that's all those bad frequencies. I'm like whispering to them. Mm-hmm. And he brought it down in front of the house. And immediately, Jake's like texting me because we didn't have calm up yeah. there. He's texting me. He's like, what happened? Bro, that hi-hat. That's <laughs> it's he, he's like, he took it down. The stage cleaned up 100%. Then we had a show. Yeah. That happened to us over the weekend. I was like doing sound and it was just two speakers on stick yeah. for us and Nick but I kept hearing this like something on the verge of feedback like every time Phoenix would hit a bass note and I was like his bass isn't going to the PA I realized I had my floor tom mic just at unity <laughs> dying. <laughs> I had okay so it hurts like, baby what Tears. the hell is happening well okay New Year's Eve uh, this one band that I was working with uh, the, the actually the, the band that brought in the six Marshall cabinets they had to you get one they had Maybe. Two fog machines that with lights that would go oh, doing geez. that thing. Uh, you know, they yeah. would hit it and it would go and look like it would mm-hmm. be on fire. It looked like pyrotechnics. And I'm doing the bait. I'm doing the, the drum checks. I'm like, hit your bass drum. I, I keep her. It's like, damn, damn, <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gay. I'm like, okay, well, maybe something. This maybe he's bad. leaning on the head, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's leaning on the head. Okay, Burying so the beater, I'm like, yep. don't I'm do like, it. Okay, don't do that. I, I told him, I said, don't lean on the beater, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is a national act. This guy is a good drummer. Yeah. He knows what the hell There's is going on. There's a lot of good on. drummers who still bury and the he's, beater. And I'm like, it's, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's a whatever. Damn. And finally, we're just like, and he's like, he's like, I'm hearing this through the monitors. I'm Am like, I hearing? I'm like, I'm getting it. I'm hearing it on everything. I was like, finally, I just I just threw a heavy gate on it, which I don't do i hate gating it things mm-hmm. really heavy i don't gate vocals i if i have to i'll gate the tom toms but i very rarely like to use gates i like expanders or more natural mm-hmm. i should say when i say i gate my vocals earlier i treat it's more of an expander, more of an expander but yeah. not every console has but an it, expander so yeah. you can so i'm like i was like okay fine i just gate i just gated the hell out of it and like mm-hmm. left it go finally i was like i walked up on stage I had to get something I over on stage left or something. I walked over. I was like, wait a minute. And I walked over to the drum kit on the riser. They put these fog machine thingies, <laughs> and it was the motors. They were just humming? Humming. They're, the, the motors are running, 
Oh, so you're hearing that through the so mics. So you're hearing that oh, through geez. the riser, and it's going into the kick drum mic. Oh, oh. So I said, anybody have a jacket? <laughs> we picked them up, put the jackets underneath both of them, and it went away. Oh, nice. Oh, nice, yeah. So, yeah, I run in all sorts of stupid shit. That's thinking with your smarts. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> uh, not me, I'd be like, unplug it. I'm <laughs> like, we're not using those. Yeah. Wow, no, they net's part of the show. <laughs> Cool. All right. This has been a fun episode. Know, this has been a good. good time. It's nice having a guest. Yeah. So uh, you want to plug plug our plug our stuff now? Where can they find us? Uh, on all the socials at whatever website slash Reflections Artist Collective. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch us have this conversation. Subscribe to our Patreon. Help uh, us out. Sign up for the Patreon, Patreon. if you would uh, feel the need to help out. Uh, there's some tiers. It. I think there's a dollar tier, a $5 tier, a $10 tier, a $69 tier. You can, get, butt when he was you can get my water. tiers in a jar if you'd like. You'll get everything early. You'll get Extra stuff. You'll see the pre-show rambling. Today's pre-show was pretty funny. It was pretty yep. good. I spilt hot water on my leg, and I <laughs> deserved it. Uh, so right. yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Bob, for oh, being on welcome. the show thank again. You. Sweet. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. See you all no, next get time. Get out of my warehouse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs>